On this episode of Star Wars Time Show, the dudes will be talking new toys, new games, and new comics. They'll also be getting into interviews with some current stars from The Mando and The Rise of Skywalker. We're talking John Boyega, Billy D, Carl Weathers, Richard E. Grant. Guess what? He likes the movie. Dominic Monaghan. We know his name. We'll tell you. And then they're going to get into some recapping, some reviewing, some Easter egg hunting in Star Wars Resistance, The Mandalorian. And of course, they'll end with the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. Cue the music. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Star Wars Time Show, and it's the prime time, and just in case you missed the, the Cliff's Notes from last week, we're basically only doing prime times throughout the holidays because we want to chill. No, I mean, in all honesty, how much more content can we make for you all? <laughs> so get over it. You're, you're still getting four videos a week on top of one podcast. I'd say that's pretty good for free. All right, Nick. So before we get into the topics that the dumbass announcer laid out for us, we do have a little PSA for people. Uh, who knows if it will still be up. I don't think uh, Disney quite wanted this to be a public link. Who knows? You never know. Uh, but you can now listen to the entire score of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker because Disney is trying to get awards for it, in particular Best Original Score. So uh, there's a link out there, DisneyStudioAwards.com. We have it on StarWarsTime.com. And like I said, if it's not yanked by the time you're listening, it'll be on the site, and you can listen. And we even threw in some more spoilers by grabbing the track names from Reddit. And why are those <laughs> spoilers, we Nick? Well, a lot of times the track names kind of essentially they are have... the chapter titles for the fucking movie. So. Yeah, so like, you know, if you think back to some prequel tracks, you have like Anakin's Betrayal and a ton of, you know, titles yeah, and stuff. Like, it's not fates. always just Duel of Fates. And, you know, so there's a ton of names to these things that could be a little revealing. But I will say that I like Disney's move here because... I mean, I think this this is confirmed, but this is this basically is John Williams' yeah, last he's out. go. He's, he's like, rolling. He's he's setting. As the sun sets on Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, so too does it set on John Williams' career. Yeah. And what better way for this man to go out than to get another you know, Oscar nomination, another Oscar win? How many wins does I mean, he have? I mean, I'd say he's got to have at least, what, five, six? I mean, he's seven? a... Nominations, he probably has like 50 or 60. Let's see. I'm pulling up his IMDb now. That's Nick on the internet. On the machine. internet here, people. Do, 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 do. But, I mean, the guy's an absolute legend. So let's what see. John Williams, five Oscar wins. Another, listen to this. So that's five right, Oscar so wins. And then he's got 176 other wins. Wow. Like this is non Oscars. And then 318 nominations. So the guy is three eighteen. Oh, I was way off on nominations. Three eighteen. Yeah, I mean, Jesus. Basically, you can you look at his his like list if you go on IMDb. So you're, Nick, click you're on saying awards, he's okay at what he does. He's good. His earliest Oscar nomination. Can you just try to guess a year earliest Oscar nomination? Ah, uh, sixty six. 
You're close. 68. Ah, it's going to say 68. For, <laughs> for Valley of the Dolls. I went 66 because Sidious was in my mind. <laughs> there you go. Sidious is Valley of the Dolls. The All right. Well, hey, yeah. if you want to, hopefully a link's still out there. You can see what he, or not see, you can hear what he's done for The Rise of Skywalker. And you know, if anything, I mean, even you trolls out there, you can't, you can't say that John Williams still doesn't produce some of the best parts of anything Star Wars. So you know it's going to be good. Absolutely. Uh, will it win? Probably not, because the Academy is nothing but a bunch of communists. All right, so moving into the first little kind of collector bit for the uh, podcast here, Nick. We've got some new Black Series guys, and this came via our buddies over at the X-Clue Collective, and we got two new Black Series reveals in the form of Clone Commander Bly, so yes, another named Clone Commander to the troop, and and a Jet Trooper, a First Order Jet Trooper, I believe, actually a First Order Sith jet trooper red jet trooper right. here i mean both of these figures look really awesome i didn't know who clone commander Bly was the i'm not Felucia gonna guy, right is he, the one? He, he is he is yeah so he's basically yeah, he guns the down one who's, the sexy the sexy blue girl yes the the blue girl ayala sakura so that was that was her um main you know clone commander her right hand clone was Bly. um but yeah, so th- those I think two this figures. Guy, he really almost cool. has a whole new kit for these clone commanders, at least helmet-wise. Yeah, his visor drops yeah, down. Yeah, I mean, he's got two pistols along with like a, a long rifle. He looks pretty cool. I also like the color scheme on him because all yeah, the like clones that, kind like of like that mustard, mustard yellow, yeah. sort of a little brown in there, a little poopy. He's like yeah. poop and pee. Yeah, he's a little <laughs> bit like that. He's got to blend in with all of that that foliage oh, yeah. and fo- on Felucia. Poop so and pee. You those. know right where my head goes. <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with me anymore? I will say, having a three and a half year old kind of gets you right back into the potty stuff, potty humor. Oh yeah. But also being a male in general, at least for me, <laughs> I, I've never gotten over potty humor or you know boob dick shit and fart jokes, right? Yeah, I mean that's a lot of people make their careers. It's all all on that. it takes, man. <laughs> all it takes. So that's why you got Kevin Smith as you know is a perfect exactly. Example yeah, of making he's a living yeah, off do, of doing drugs of and just having like booby and fart and shit jokes. So, <laughs> but anyways, if you want to check these these dudes out, I, I believe they're already up for pre order. At least uh, after Nick threw up the post, they did go up to pre order. But just head okay. over to Exclude Collective for this stuff, man exclucollective.com it'll be on their front page somewhere or i think nick has it linked in the post we will have this cash shell wrapped up in so i do uh, indeed. spring release right march yeah spring 2020 yes spring 2020 around 2150 yeah, per standard figure standard pool i mean these should be 1999 but they're they're starting to go up to the 21 range depending on retailer all right, dude, so uh, that's it on the toy front, but we do have <laughs> some information on Star Wars Battlefront 2. There's a new edition out. BF2. It's called the Celebration yeah. Edition. It came out December 5th, uh, plus some new Tross is coming. New Tross content is coming, what, the 17th, right? Yeah, soon after the release of this, you get some new Tross content. So, so what's I mean, your thought on the Celebration Edition, dude? Just real quick for everyone, if you didn't have anything, it would cost you 40 bucks. You get base game, all past and future free updates, 25 hero appearances, legendary appearances, plus more coming. 
125 trooper appearances, 100 hero and trooper emotes, and 70 hero and trooper victory. I mean, to me, it sounds like a bunch of jerk-off stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is all the stuff that if you played the game long enough, you could unlock it for free. Or if you, you know, if you wanted to, you could purchase the in-game currency and unlock all of these. Now, I will say None that of this you gets you any unlock... boost, though, right? This is all just no, pure cosmetic. Cosmetic as it gets. I mean, there are some cool appearances. So just from playing the game, I've unlocked like a, uh, a Ray, like a... Um, what is it? An Acto Ray appearance. I've unlocked some appearances for uh, Count Dooku and a, a ton of the other hero Count and villain Dooku. characters in here. But I will say that I don't. I am personally not going to pay the additional twenty five. Right. So if, you, if yeah, you're already you an owner, you can you can pay twenty five dollars and then get all the free stuff with it. I won't be doing that, but that's because cosmetic appearances don't really mean that much to me. Um, I don't care what the character looks like when I'm playing. All you see is their fucking back anyway because you're playing in a third person over the shoulder right. style Yeah, I would game. think the only reason a cosmetic at this point in my life would mean something to me is if you actually had to earn it to get it, as in you could not yeah. just buy it for $25. Exactly, and there's very few. I mean, like there are some that are like that where it's, you know, complete these specific types of missions and then you can unlock it and you can say like oh well look at this i did this you know it's like an achievement based thing but all of the other ones i mean while they do look cool they don't actually you know do anything or give your character any specific types of powers it's just you know their cape color changes or you know in in the case of luke he has an rotj skin he's got a uh you know a, a cls skin from um esb he has his base skin so there's a lot of just different looks to these characters and really um i I, if it was me telling you what i think you should do you should probably just buy the base game you could probably get it now on the cheap depending on um which console you're looking for i know i've seen the Uh, game if you can't get it for less than 40 bucks then just fucking buy this deal yeah exactly i've seen it as low as five so yeah there you go it's it's um, it's nice but then but co- yeah coming up on the 17th we're gonna get some tross stuff which is gonna include new map new appearances for the heroes and new reinforcements more cosmetic shit so wah wah on that one uh, <laughs> all right uh we got an interesting update on the star wars the rise of kylo ren comic my friend which i think is is it dropping next week alongside the film like is it a is it going to be a wednesday comic day release next week i think it's gonna be let's see i think it is yeah because we talked about this before the rise of kylo ren is that one series that matt and i said that oh yeah we're gonna read this for sure now you can hold us to that or not but we'll see Kylo Ren 1 through 4 mobile store. The release date is December 18th. Yeah, yeah. so it will so be. It yeah, it's new comic out. day next Wednesday. But uh, the article, I, I suggest reading the whole article on StarWars.com. I mean, if that's the, the shit you're into. If you like to read, I typically don't. But I do like reading about Star Wars stuff. Uh, but out of the article, the thing that I kind of latched onto or the bits on the Knights Ren, Nick, and... and Sliny, who's the artist, or Slinny, I don't know how his name is pr- uh, pronounced. Will, Will Slinny, yeah. Sliny, you say tomato, I say huh. tomato, you say potato, he says potato. Uh, but anyways, he says, you'll earn an awful lot about the Knights of Ren very, very fast in this book. And uh, basically, 
Sule, who's the writer, I think when that first page shows up in previews, it's going to land so hard. So yeah, that's cool I to mean, hear. Um, it is. It's cool. And we also got a little hint here that all of the Knights of Ren can use. Yeah, the that's, force see, that's to that, varying that to me was the most interesting part of this article because really they framed it as, oh, we're really going to see how Ben was emotionally and what he was like at the turn. I'm like, yeah, great, whatever. It's Ben. We kind of get it. Uh, But they did confirm finally, and I'm sure it's been confirmed before, but now it's confirmed in Star Wars timeland. Uh, But the Knights of Ren, they can all use the Force, the dark side of it at least, to varying degrees, but they're not as powerful as Jedi or Sith. Uh, they do use it when they when they fight. Uh, this I also found interesting, Nick, is that they they have a a code like a motorcycle gang, <laughs> but not <laughs> yeah, elaborate. Like so they they are kind of when I was reading this, they're almost like you know bounty hunters or mercenaries. Wherever wherever the money's at or wherever they can enrich themselves, they'll go regardless of it means uh, taking on a side that they may not typically work with. So yeah, uh, Galaxy will give like them a... an. Uh, what does it say? Uh, the, uh, Mostly they're give just kind of out to live their lives the, the way they want to sense. live them and take what the galaxy will give them and eat what the dark side sends. I mean, that's a fucking yeah. motto right there, dude. Yeah. I mean, that is a pretty awesome little You put that in a fucking jacket, man, like gang. a full-on motorcycle <laughs> jacket. Dude, I, I would love to see that if the Knights of Ren like walked up on onto the you know the the screen and Tross and they had just like motorcycle gang jackets oh, yeah. like leathers on. I mean, that's why they all back. wear helmets now. Yeah. I mean, they must be on some fucking swoop bikes or something. It's gonna be Get yeah, the biker chains for the first chicks time. on the back. It's gonna be fun. I'm really gonna enjoy these. I, I think, these and I'll probably be let down just because you know they shouldn't be the main focus of the story. But I I think I'm most interested to see these guys <laughs> i really am like it, i, I i'm just, sure we'll do some sort of special uh the rise of skywalker cast which you and i probably need to talk about considering well, actually yeah, yeah we I will mean, we the, will need to figure something out but anyways that's neither here nor there uh, but <laughs> in terms of what i'm really excited for outside just yes what is it what's the whole story outside of the shit i burned my eyes with with the fucking leaks I want to see these guys, and when I see my man Sheev, right? Yeah, I mean Palpatine, and it's all it's all the dark side characters that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, I mean I want to see the Knights are in. I also want to see how they die because I assume that all of these people are dying. Like, there's no way that a Knight of Ren makes it out of this film alive. Um, and I want to see what Palpatine looks like most off. Real like, quick, and I know we can't go on too many tangents, but how do you want them to die? At Ray's hands, Kylo's hands, Ben's hands, Chewie, like, Poe, Finn? I want them to be like like featured extra deaths. And okay, like, think right. Of- so you, that's why you want featured deaths, not like, oh, they're driving away and boom, they blow up. Yeah. I, I want it to be like when you see like there's like a huge battle between two sides and there's like featured people on one side and featured people on the other side. I want to see like, you know, Finn take out the guy so with the fucking Mace Windu, Jango Fett, a la Geonosian Battle Arena. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. That's exactly how I want to see it. So just like each each of the main characters on the good side gets one. So fucking Finn gets one. Poe gets one. You know, maybe Ray gets I, one. Chewie's got to rip some limbs off, or at least Chewie's, do his his uh, pile driver from Solo. 
Yeah, I mean, Chewie gets one for sure. So, like, all of the all of the, like the big guys on the good side, I feel like should take out one night of Ren, and then who knows? I mean, maybe Kylo even gets pissed off at one point and takes out one of them himself. Like he's like earlier in the movie, he's just like, yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I know, wouldn't mind seeing Kylo. Maybe if he does have a turn, he wipes them all out himself, and in, in like a second, that would be, like just yeah. blah, like a Vader, no. And instead of being medical equipment, it's the Knights of Ren. They just fucking fucking like squish up in little cubes of meat. I would like that. I'm not demented. Perfect end to these guys. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean, I I agree. These are characters that we've heard about since like pretty early on in TFA. Like we heard Snoke talk about them, and then we just haven't really seen anything about them since. Yeah, I'm all for it. I will do this one. I will do it. I promise. Like I am a lore hound. and if it is tied directly to the saga, which you could make an argument, a lot of these comics sort of are, but they're they're not. Where this is, this is really going to flesh out some shit with this character Ben Kylo that you know we we had we had we don't really know. I mean, it's not like we we've, we've had a lot of backstory given in the movies, so that's why I'm pumped for this deal. Uh, so it's coming up next week. We'll see if I actually get it. I will get it. I mean, it's got to be in digital, so I'll just throw it on my comicsology, and here we go. Digital release is on the 18th as well, so you'll be all prepared. All right. Okay, moving on. Uh, We have a ton of Mandalorian stuff to talk about, but we're going to get into, like, some of our weirdo fanboy stuff, and who knows where we're going to go. So we decided, you know, outside of being OCD and keeping all the Mando stuff together, we're going to break out this one quick story that Carl Weathers gave us. Not personally. We just sensed it through the force. Uh, But he was talking with, it looks like Games Radar or some other shithead site, uh, they're talking about, obviously, The Mandalorian. I mean, Grief's been a big part of this first season. I mean, he was in Episodes 1 and 3 and obviously had that little moment at the end of 3, which, hence, he'll be back, plus we've seen trailer moments confirming that. Uh, but they're talking about his character, Grief, and Carl's pretty much confirms that Grief's at least going to make it to Season 2 because uh, he goes on to say, I think Grief's backstory is more saved for Season 2. But you get some glimpses at Grief and who he is through the stories in the first season. There's some real strong indications that give you some idea of who he is. But we never let on completely. So, Nick, that last, those last two sentences, do they kind of word fuck you a bit in terms of how you could take them? Yeah, it almost seems like he's trying to hint that he's a gnome? maybe... Yeah, like maybe Grief is some sort of, you know, either tangentially related right. to a known character or is a known character in some sort of fashion. Um, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, you know, somebody with this, you know, the, the powerful underworld kind of power that he has, the, the strings that he can pull, I imagine would have some sort of links to characters that we've heard of before. Who knows? Maybe he, he knows Lando Calrissian. I was just going to say, I mean, maybe he's his know? fucking brother or cousin or something. <laughs> Could be. I mean, he could also be mixed up with the huts in some sort of way. I mean, people who fuck around with bounty hunters and oh yeah, yeah. Star Wars I, I would say like, grief is a saint. I mean, he's probably a little, little dirtier and more suspect than even Han Solo. You know what I mean? I mean, oh yeah. Uh, you you could make the argument that Mando probably has done some shadier shit than Han Solo at this point, but he's kind of oh yeah had a little change of heart thanks to the kid. But it is it's just that the the way he phrased those last two sentences, it's you could really take it as 
he's hitting that. He's someone we may know, or as Nick said with that big words, he's someone that someone we know knows. Uh, or he's yeah. literally just saying, yeah, I mean, in terms of personality, we're kind of giving you indicators that he's not an asshole. Right. Yeah, I mean, he may he may have some redemption. Left yeah, in him, so I mean, we'll he could see. also just mean that. But I I thought it was interesting. I mean, typically, if I'm going to post something, it's usually because it interests me, and I think there's a take on it that Nick and I could talk about. There's a little peek behind the curtain. So <laughs> it was that, and um, you know, you, you could take it either way, and I wouldn't be disappointed either way because I've actually really loved what Carl has done with grief in the two episodes we've seen him. Yeah, I agree. I think he's one of the standout characters, and. Um, I, I wish that we have seen a, you know, that we see a little bit more of him or I wish that we have seen a little bit more of him than we have, but, um, he's great. And I really like what he brings to the, to the whole universe. So hopefully he's right. Hopefully season two expands on grief a little bit more. We get a little bit more time with him. Um, cause I think he's, he, he brought something special yeah, to this cool. character. I mean, he's just, he's fucking cool. He's Carl Weathers. He's a badass. Let's do it. So all, yep. all for it. Glad that grief's making it to season two, but I think that was kind of a foregone conclusion. I mean, the mains or the recurrings are going to be the poster boys. So Mando, Kara, grief, IG had his day, but he could always come back. He's just a bot. Yeah. He's literally could just have his brain put into a new. And then, you know, for so. season two, they'll be able to put the child on the poster more than likely, unless some crazy cliffhanger happens, which I wouldn't be surprised. But anyways, sure. sticking to our, we're going to call this like our Brothers of Star Wars segment. We're talking about all our homeboys, all the lovely dudes. We, we started with our man Carl. Now we're moving on to our homeboy uh, Lando. And, Lando Calrissian. Right, and now we have his full name. And, and who knows how legit this is, but I'm going to take it because fans are fantastic. So let me kind of explain how we found out his full name. Uh, so apparently there's an exhibit somewhere, either online, Galaxy's Edge, who knows. But they had Lando's full costume on a mannequin in display. And he's holding his cane, which we know he's going to have. And on the cane topper, Nick, there's some arabesque, right? Um, yep. So someone on IG called Endor Express, they deciphered it for us. And apparently... <laughs> It translates to his full name, and it is, as I said in the title, uh-huh. as Lando as it gets, dude. It is Baron Landonis Balthazar Calrissian Third. It's like, fuck. It's perfect. Yes! Dude. It's perfect. Like, Lando Calrissian, yeah, cool name, but like Baron Landonis <laughs> Balthazar Calrissian Third. I mean, that is just about as... As pimp as you can get. I mean, look at the guy. If I were I mean, to it, ever have another kid, male or female, I would somehow work this into their name. Yeah, I know. Just like have like, a, a girl like a be like it would be word. Sarah, and then her middle name would be Baron Landonis Balthazar Calrissian the Third Haywood. I mean, how <laughs> fucking awesome would that be? I mean, it's just I don't know who came. I I don't know if this is just some bullshit that like JJ came up with. He's like, let's just you know. For those really crazy fans out there like us, Endor Express and stuff, like let's put it out there, see if anybody finds it. If they find it, if they find it, then they can have fun with it. Or if this literally came from George, if George was like, "Hey, by the way, JJ, like this is the last Skywalker saga movie. Get it in there that this is Lando's real name." It's just it's <laughs> like, too good, man. I mean, it's too good. I mean, you know, you never know. Nick's still a little young. He could have a little Nick, and there you go. 
you don't have to think about it anymore. Just that's the full yeah. name. And then, Landonis yeah, and then you end with Caminita. So just Baron, yeah. Land, his first name would be Baron. And then Landonis, oh, Balthazar, Calrissian Third, Caminita. Exactly. <laughs> too good. I mean, it's yeah, just man, too it's, perfect, it's which great. means it's probably not real, but it's real to us at this point in time. So, so we're, we're running so with good. it. If you ever want to get a tattoo of it, let us know. Uh, All right, so moving on to our other homeboy, and that is John Boyega. He's been out and about on the uh, talk circuit, obviously, to start promoting some Tross stuff. But uh, today, or yesterday, or during the circuit, he uh, took some time to shit on TLJ, which would make some of you people happy. Uh, I thought it was funny. Um, You know, it took John a little while to kind of let his full opinions be known on The Last Jedi, but I'll kind of let Nick run with what he had to say about it. Yeah, I mean, this shit a lot always of bumps me out, there, out. But hey, humans are humans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people are going to speak their minds, and a lot of people, you know, a lot of the the fandom menace, or a lot of the you know the TLJ haters, at the very least, are coming out and they're like, "Oh, well, contract's over. He's finished filming on Tross. Now he can say what he really feels about TLJ." That's kind of the, the that was, sentiment yeah, was that's going around today. the haters. Yeah. So um, it's always it's always some deep he, state shit, right? It's always yeah, some yeah deep exactly. State it's shit. like always a conspiracy. Right. There like, you go. Oh, I told you <laughs> it expired at twelve noon on the December tenth, twenty nineteen. And here he is. He's out here. But uh, I mean, to to kind of sum up what John's thoughts are, and I can I can see where he of course, is dude, he's a young actor a in a huge yeah franchise, Start, and his screen time yeah. is reduced. I mean that that's yeah, why he's, he's like. Let's be real. Yeah. He's he's essentially said that that Finn's part in TLJ is not a huge fan of. Um, so I'll kind of go through a couple of the quotes that he had here. He said, um, the Force Awakens, I think, was the beginning of something quite solid. The Last Jedi, if I'm being honest, I'd say uh, that feel that was feeling a little bit iffy for me. I didn't necessarily agree with a lot of the choices in that. And that's something... That spoke to Mark Hamill that he's this quote's a little messed up that I spoke to Mark Hamill a lot about and we had conversations about it Um, and it was hard for all of us because we were separated. So essentially what he's saying is he he really wished in his mind, but kind of, you know, more in his his runtime that uh, that they would have kept the gang together a little bit, you know, instead of separating out Ray, Finn and Poe for TLJ. I mean. Especially as it leads into his second quote, which is more just yeah. bashing TLJ essentially and saying, "I don't know if we can make up for lost ground and Tross at this point." Yeah, I mean, he is kind of hearkening back to the original right, trilogy, and right. he says, "He's got a point. He's got a point because yeah, that, that's how it was sold to us before it all came to be." I mean, when when it was named as. I mean, at one point in time, Poe wasn't even supposed to make it out of the first act of the movie, but then Oscar lobbied for that. But it was set up as they were the new three. We didn't yeah. know who was who yet. I mean, we all kind of had an idea it was going to be Daisy's character. Uh, and it didn't quite turn out that way. I mean, it really wasn't even in that way in the first movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, so this is what he says. He says, I guess the original Star Wars films... Um, there was much more of a trio feel where it was essentially about Luke's journey, but Han and Leia, uh, with Han and Leia, there was a strong dynamic, which I, I think, I don't know how quickly you were going to be able to establish that long-term dynamic with the rise of Skywalker. But if it's exploring that dynamic, then that would be cool. So I see what he's getting at because 
I mean, in TFA, you did, you know, there there are some established relationships between Finn and Poe, between Ray and and Finn. Um, not really too much Ray and Poe. No, I mean it, but, they do not meet, and I guess that was a a Colin Trevorrow ask was for Ray and Poe to at least meet in TLJ, which we did get, and that's what I'm saying, man. I'm shipping Poe and Ray all day. Yeah, so. I can see what, what Johnny is saying here because I do like the dynamic. I mean, I think everybody loves the dynamic that occurred in the original trilogy, but this, these films just took a different direction. I mean, direction I just, I'm and, going through my know. rewatch because I do it every Skywalker <clears throat> drop, and we just rolled through A New Hope yesterday, and that's where it is established. It is established in prison block 2187. Yeah. Yep, and they're like, "Here's our trio. These are the people that we're going she to really does follow just start through the whole film." Their dicks the moment she meets them. The, literally, as as Luke the walks in. She's like, "You're, she's in like, you're a fucking pussy," and then Hans yeah. like crazy. She's like, "You're fucking nuts. You're dumb. Give me your blaster. I'll take care of us." Yeah. So, you know, at the end of this trilogy, we'll see what happens because we still do have a full movie to go through. But, I mean, I can agree with John on, on some of this stuff. Like, I do wish that we would have spent a little bit more time with the new trio as a trio. Like, we've never actually seen that, aside from the ending I, scene I, I'd on say the if, Millennium if Falcon. anything, because, I mean, let's be real. The, the trio was hardly ever together, even in the old movies. I mean, maybe half of the first movie, if that. Like, truly yeah, together. You got uh, the beginning of the movie, just the beginning, and then at the end for, like, a second. And not even the yeah. whole, all three of them, and then I guess it just felt like the dynamic. I I, I know exactly. I'm, I'm more, kind yeah. of just being the devil's advocate guy, like the the <laughs> super. Well, you know, let's OCD it out here. Yeah. Um, yes, I, I totally agree. I mean, I and TLJ Finn and Poe maybe should have left if they needed to leave. Uh, it could have yeah. been Finn Poe and Rose. I'm not saying I, I still like Rose. I'm not a Rose hater. I love Rose actually. I love all this. Uh, appreciation Kelly Marie, Kelly Marie Tran has been getting during these promo circuits. But if you're trying to pitch these three as the embodiment of Han, Luke, and Leia, then uh, of course they needed to do a little bit more than just talk on the radios and plan shit in the background and go to fucking casinos and run away from dumbass-looking space beasts. Yeah, I mean, but maybe that was the plan. Maybe it was always meant that they're kind of more disparate pieces that come together in the end. That's and fine. we may see that in, 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 in Tross. Yeah. So well, I think I know um, we're going to see, I mean, th- with all these fucking TV spots at this point, dude, it didn't even matter yeah, that yeah. we watched the, or read the leaks. Cause uh, these 30 second spots, each one probably adds, I would say 10 to 15 seconds of new footage. And there's literally a scene where you can tell Ray's wanting to go do something by herself <laughs> And, and Finn and Poe and everyone's like, no, we're going with you. Like, yeah, okay, I mean, there you go. I, I'm I'm trying to shy away from watching all the TV spots because of that, but yeah, it's hard to not. Watch I'm still them drawn when I come to it like a moth to a flame. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's Eventually, like, Matt will be incinerated yeah, by his yeah, my eyes just gonna be like, <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's now confirmed that uh, Boyega hates TLJ, Ridley hates TLJ, Hamill hates TLJ. Uh, I don't know if they hate it. They they definitely took issue with some some character choices. Some of the character so. choices. Yeah. What are you um, gonna do? <laughs> but I will also tell you what, what Boyega hates as well for Finn 
And that's Disney. Oh Plus. shit, man! How about that? So yeah, night, great, great little segue <laughs> there, my friend. So. Uh, like I said, Boyega has been quite boisterous, as they say in Radioland. Uh, <laughs> last week, man, he was definitely hitting the circuit hard, and, and, th- and these ones come from Variety, an interview he did with Variety magazine. Uh, but they're basically asking, like, "Hey, man, Finn ever coming back? What, what would you do? Would you do this or that? What, what's the deal with future Star Wars projects?" Uh, and he pretty much said, "In what you ain't going to Disney plus me?" <laughs> I was like, "Dude, wow, that's so fucked." And like. As soon as Matt put this article out, like I, you know, we have our own Slack channel, we communicate. And I wrote to him, I was like, man, I can't believe Boyega just came out and shit on Disney Plus. That's like that. that's like, exactly <laughs> what that was. I mean, he basically said to Pedro and all them, like, you guys are fucking bootleg. Yeah, it's like y'all are second fiddle. And, and look, I get it. Like, these people now, like, I'm kind of leaving Oscar Isaac off to the side here because he had a level of fame before star wars that that neither oh yeah john nor daisy had what even close so so for john he's now looking at himself as i'm a motherfucking movie star it's like look at me i was in pacific Rim. i get that i was in that that mentality is like from the 80s and 90s i mean anyone does long form tv now i mean long form tv is almost better than getting a getting a movie and and the thing is, is like if you look at this content that's out on Disney Plus right now, I mean, granted, a lot of it is is stuff that we've either seen before. So there's there's some new stuff on there, but the Mandalorian is the hottest property on the planet. Like this thing has had more buzz than than Stranger Things. This thing's got more buzz than you know. Yeah, right. It's been it's been spooled up Game of more Thrones. times than Stranger Things in terms of watches concurrent this or this or that or this i mean who the fuck knows how you measure streaming success outside the damn service breaking um but it's it's a weird mentality at this point in time to me because i'd be like yo if you're fucking paying me the same as i'd make on a film i'll be back right i mean (laughs) they're not chintzing on any production costs it's like who cares what medium it's on honestly who cares yeah, I mean, I don't know. It is it is a kind of dated I mean, I'm, I'm mindset. I'm pretty sure Pedro's the fucking bad guy in Wonder Woman, isn't he? Pedro like was... Like the next Wonder Woman 84. coming out. I'm pretty sure he's the fucking bad guy. He might be, but I know that he was a main character in the second Kingsman yes. movie, which was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Pedro Pascal is Maxwell Lord right. in fucking Wonder Woman 1984. So there, so, I mean, there, like, there you go. I mean, I, I don't know. I that's it, why it kind of shocked me. I mean, it's like, damn, Boyega, you already think you that you're that big, huh? You think yeah, you, you think your dick is shit. that big already in Hollywood that you're just gonna keep landing, you know, five, ten, maybe twenty million dollar roles, which he'll never get to twenty. I mean, that that's reserved for Tom Cruise, The Rock. Those are the people that command that type of shit. Um, yeah, and I mean, I love Boyega. I love the guy. I loved him in Pacific Rim Uprising, whatever the fuck it's called. But I tell you right now, the the dude does not have the drawl of a Tom Cruise and even an old Arnold, uh, uh, a Dwayne Johnson. Just no way. No, no. I mean, he's still a kid, so he's probably, you know, he probably looks at his box offices and he's like a billion, a billion, you know, seven hundred million or whatever uh, Pacific. Rim made, and he's like, I'm, I'm a star. I don't need to worry about this, this small time stuff. But um, I think eventually it will come back around. I get no Disney Plus. I'm watching it though, but I'll stay in the feature films. It's like Jesus. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, but it sounds like out of the three of them, he's the only one who would be willing to come back. But it's contingent on the other two also coming. I know. So just to play the poo-poo head here, I mean, it basically sounds like Daisy and Oscar fucking hate Star Wars and never want to be tied to it again. So they are truly Carrie and Harrison. And and and, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think with uh, with a property like this and with how much it consumes your life when you're in it, because. I can't think of another property where when you get cast in it and you play the role that it consumes you as much as it does. The only thing that I can think of that would be comparable is Harry Potter. Um, hey, you talking and, like in terms of the the fallout from being in one of these movies and you're forever that well, character in millions of people's minds? Kind of. Some, yeah. I mean, that, not even that, though. Like, it is all-consuming. Like... When you're filming Harry Potter, you're fucking Harry Potter. When you're outside of Harry Potter, you know, when you're in between movies, you're Harry Potter. When you're done and you're done, you're still Harry Potter. Like, there's fallout as well. Right. Like, you know, the having to deal with the fandom and having to deal with all of the bullshit that comes your way. But just, like, you can't breathe. Like, these people for the last... You know, probably coming up on six years. Yeah, I'd say so. Have been living and breathing Star Wars for the whole time. Yeah, they've been doing other shit. I mean, I I wouldn't say. I mean, Oscar's done a ton of movies. Yeah, Oscar has. Daisy's I mean, done Daisy one or two, did a few. Some shit. That's what I mean. But I, I just I, think the young like, ones aren't that busy. Yeah, but I think that they're they're just ready to kind of like take the breath, be like, all right, I'm fucking done with Star Wars. It goes Wars. back like, to the director shuffle. In the end, they're artists, right? So they feel like, yeah. oh, you know, this hold me back. I mean, the homeboy on Walking Dead who played Rick Grimes. I mean, he, he's probably making ten million plus a season, but he's like, yeah, fuck it, I'm getting tired of this shit. Literally, yeah. it's like I don't want to do this anymore. Even though I'm the star, I could command my salary. I'm just done. I want to do other shit. I don't want to live in Atlanta for six months a year. So, and if you want to look at, you know, whether success of a movie indicates success of a career, I mean, this is kind of, you know, a different situation, but the kid who plays Aladdin in the reboot that made over a billion dollars worldwide says that he hasn't even gotten it like a, an audition since that movie came out. Like, Mina Masood. Yeah, I saw I that. Mean, he, I saw he, that because uh, Will Smith was like, yo, dude, you good. It'll happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I mean, it's wildly successful movie, but the, like, you and he are wasn't not even bad in it because I, I had to watch that a lot. Charlie had got one of her little streaks on live action Aladdin when it came out. Uh, and he, it's not even like he was a bad actor. He just, he's fucked. Yeah. I mean, people just, so for, you know, Boyega, calm down, buddy. Like, just just wait until yeah, you have Yeah, let's not burn secured. bridges yet, homeboy, because three years from <laughs> yeah. now, you, you could be uh, ending up on straight to film or straight to stream or, or Blu-ray or whatever it is these days, like our, our buddy Hayden Christensen. Yeah, I mean, you may be knocking on the Disney Plus door soon. Yeah. So why don't I, you I mean, just take a I, step, I'd imagine at this point in time, if Disney Plus called Hayden, he would jump out of his fucking seat and be like, feats don't fail me now and run as fast as possible to the studio. Oh, yeah. I mean, also. The guy hasn't like, done shit since fucking Loopers or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it was an interesting move by Boyega. But again, like Matt said, Boyega has been hitting the, the circuit he's, hard. He's, he's not funny, holding man. anything he's, back. That personality is great. Love the guy. Trust me. Love yeah. him. All right. So 
kind of some negative Tross stuff, negative new Star Wars from the cast. You always got to love that because, as Nick says, just kind of fans the flames. But, hey, if you like it, who gives a shit what the people that don't like it say? Honestly, who gives a fuck? Uh, so we'll get into some more positive stuff, and it comes by way of Richard E. Grant, who we know is playing Allegiant General Pride in the movie. We're still not 100% sure what he's going to do, but we'll see. Uh, either way, the guy, at least, I mean, let's be real. I don't think Nick and I are sitting here like some of you expecting and secretly wanting The Rise of Skywalker to be terrible. I'm actually yeah, expecting it to it. be pretty good and wanting it to be phenomenal. So uh, it was great to hear from Richard E. Grant, who is in the movie. So I guess you can say that maybe he's being a shill or something. But last week, the cast got to watch... The Rise of Skywalker, full deal, it's done, ready to roll. And Richard E. Grant, after his screening, basically took to Twitter, did a little face-on video, and gave a little review. And, I mean, the guy was, just the quotes he dropped, like, nothing prepares you for this. Or, I cheered, I fist-pumped the air, I cried. And it just, I don't know, it made me feel good to see this dude uh, older than me, you know, grown gentleman who's been a fan for 40 years, like myself, and Nick's getting up there. It was just good to see someone react this way. And again, like I said, I know some of you trolls will be spinning like he's a fucking actor. He can cry on cue. He just wants to sell tickets. Okay, that's fine. But Nick, I, I genuinely took it as an honest reaction from Mr. Grant. Yeah, I mean... If you look at, you know, some some quotes that we're going to talk about in a little while, like Richard E. Grant has been a Star Wars fan since he was, you know, young, a younger man, 40 years since the entire lifetime of the, of the saga. So um, not only was it probably wish fulfillment for him to be in the movie, but it was also probably wish fulfillment for him to, to see it in its, you know, entirety and then finally get to see the, the you know the finale yeah, kind of pay of off for a long time fan saga. i mean it, it, to me it's yeah. as nick said he he's been invested as a fan got to work on it then when he got to see himself in it finished it essentially knocked his socks off yeah and i don't take this as like one as much as the fandom menace wants you to believe that's that Star Wars is dying and that this is going to be the lowest grossing Star Wars movie of all time. Like not even close. Like this movie has already surpassed pre-orders for TLJ, I believe. And it's on pace to do the same amount, if not more opening weekend than TFA and TLJ. So like, just let's just get that out of our minds. Like let's, let's live in reality here. This movie is going to make a lot of money. Um, so they don't like, he doesn't need to do this to sell tickets. Um, I feel like this is just an honest reaction right. to something that he is very passionate about. Yeah, by the way, in Hollywood, a- actors looking for work, they're always looking for work. They're not going to go on social media for a movie that hasn't even come out yet that they're in and be like, this shit fucking blows, fucking sucks, I fucking hate everybody. I mean, you're just, you're never going to get that reaction. I, I just, no. I do not believe... This guy is bullshitting us. No, I don't think so either. And I, I mean, he's genuinely moved by what he saw. Now, does that mean Matt's going to be the same way? Absolutely not. But that's it's a concept humanity has forgotten, right, Nick? That opinions are just that. They're they're they're. Yeah, it's I, mine. It's how I interpret or react to something. It should have no bearing on how you 
interpret or react to something or feel about something. Yes, as a critic, I will tell you my opinion and suggest things, but that it, it, it's still for you to dive in and consume and then form your own. It's just we can't deal with opinions anymore for some reason. We can't deal with facts yeah. either, so who the fuck cares? But I, I, I was happy to see this. I mean, who knows what the movie's going to be like Richard E. Grant knows how the movie is in his head. Like you were saying, Matt, his opinion is very high. Um, I mean, by I default, thought it was fun. if I liked The Last Jedi, there should be no reason I'm not going to love The Rise of Skywalker. I mean, that's just how I'm rolling yeah, into I mean, it. <laughs> I did not hate as much as people want to think I will hate it someday. I'm never going to say it's my favorite Star Wars. Absolutely not. But I did not hate it. I came out and I enjoyed it. Nick can attest to it because I texted to him all happy like a you know a little schoolgirl, okay. And he's like, fuck you, dude. I didn't. I don't know. I'm. Still kind of thinking about this, so yeah. I mean, Matt was I was instantly gung ho. Like, I, I loved count, it. Yeah. Good stuff. It shocked yeah, me I mean, when Nick was like, "Uh, yeah, yeah." I mean, and, and we've kind of mentioned this multiple times. Like that is, there is no clear. I guess you would say example of the divisiveness of this, of that movie, other than. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, more more evident than me and Matt because Matt and I are usually aligned on almost fucking everything Star Wars related. There's very few things that we disagree on. So like when we got to TLJ and and our responses were very different, we were both like, "Holy!" Like it kind of occurred jarring. to me in that moment. It was jarring. Yeah, I was like what the fuck, it, it, man? He's supposed to only like and say what <laughs> I want him to. Yeah, I mean, I we we broke the script. You know, we we kind of. Had to figure things out from there, but I mean, I ha- I I am in, under no illusions that I'm gonna hate Tross. Like it's not even a, a thought in my mind, and I'm not like doing this to like psych myself up to say like you can't hate it, you can't hate this movie. Like there's some people who like literally think that that we go in and we just tell ourselves over and over I again know. that we, you can't hate something. This is not how it works. Like I'm just genu- genuinely excited for it. And I really think I'm going to enjoy it based off of all the things that we've seen so far in the trailers, all the things that we've heard about, and maybe even a few leaks. So yeah, I just I, um, I do think, though, if you go in with a mentality of I'm going to hate this, you, you probably will not like it because the whole time you're going to be fighting yourself like, oh, I, I should hate this, but I don't really. But I'm going to hate it because I hate it. Yeah, it's like I'm just going to hate it. That's all like it's the only emotion that I will allow myself to have is to hate it. And that's just it's unhealthy for you as a human being. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not, not even real life. People. <laughs> it's not fucking real. Yeah. I mean just enjoy it. Try to. Just go open mind, watch it, see what happens. If you watch it and you get up and you want to start killing people, then you know, okay, you've got an issue with new Star Wars and you probably should leave, okay? Yeah. Otherwise, exactly. you you'll, you probably will enjoy it. So Grant went on, Nick. He, he dropped some more bombs about his review or his first screening of The Rise of Skywalker. Um, and he talked about the film having a massive plot twist, a character twist, in fact, that is 40 years in the making. So here's what he says. And let's let's get some uh, some Nick speculation here. The big character plot twist that I had no idea would be coming. It made total emotional sense and story sense, and I thought that was really smart. And I think that's an incredible thing to take something that began with the first movie in 1977 and nine movies later reach a conclusion resolution. Yeah, so is I mean, he, this is, is he a... talking about a character from Star Wars? 
I mean that that or is or some sort of thread that you know in the grand scheme of things is but it is he's saying a character plot twist yeah and, and that's the thing is like having gone through some of these leaks like i mean matt and i or whoever has read them we we know of a twist coming but the one that i have in my head that i can remember does not necessarily go back to a 1977 oh, no, character. I, I, you're right. I know exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> so it's dead on. I mean, I mean without I, I can I can skirt around this without making it clear. But as I kind of write up in the in the post, Nick, if we do go off of what he's telling us, it's 40 years in the making, so it has to be yep. a new hope. Yeah. Um, so characters: Leia, Lando, three PO, R two, Palpatine. Someone from the past we haven't seen before in this trilogy, or the one that just came to mind, is I think one you might have been thinking about, but that would be the way he's saying if it makes total emotional sense and story sense, think about who else from 1977 would be a big twist if they showed up. Maybe we'll just leave it at that. (laughs) <laughs> it's not hard to think about. We're only leaving a few characters off of this potential list. Right? Yeah. We did say Leia. We did say Lando. Yeah, we did say Leia. <laughs> I'll just I'll leave it the hint at this. Again, I don't know. I can't remember this part. They may it's, or may not be dead. They may or may not be dead. They could be dead. But you know, I mean, so I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> uh, and I, at first, when I was going through, I was like, "Hmm, I wonder what he's talking about." But you just sparked my mind. I was like, oh, "I'm pretty sure now I know what he's talking about." And I bet that would be cool as hell to see without previous knowledge. But that's knowledge I fucked myself with. So I will proceed <laughs> to get the gasoline and drink it. See, I can't remember it. The only I was only thinking about one because I was like, "All right, there's one character plot twist in here that I know about." And I was like, Man, well, who are you speculating on then? I, my thought was like, okay, R- Ray, character plot twist. There is one coming for Ray, okay. more than likely. That you think um, 40 it, years in the making. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's what kicks it for me is that it's not really 40 years in the making. You could argue that it could be, um, that it is kind of a theme alongside of that the entire time. Um, so she, but she, there you're is thinking she could be related to someone from the beginning. Could be, could be, but you know, related, tangentially related, could could be argued as related. I guess is one way to put it. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, my best guess would would go to this. This character plot twist will re- revolve around either. Kylo or Ray. Yeah, I I, I would agree. And with I, that. I don't and think it, necessarily they'll be the ones twisting. Clearly, they've already showed the dark Ray shit. So, yeah, I mean, uh, dark Ray. That's actually something that that I you know that that was an interesting reveal to to throw out but, there. But just already. like like I said, if you go back to my logic from the first movie, who is in that? Oh, yeah. Who's around? There's your list. I mean, the, the living ones are Leia, Lando, three PO. And you yeah, couldn't even really I mean, say Lando, to be honest with you. 3PO, R2, Palpatine by way of maybe they said the Emperor and he was just kind of there. We always knew he was there. Yeah, he, we knew he was there as a looming figure. And then your only other two characters are Han and Luke. Right, but they're not around. That's the only so, ones left, I mean, but they're not there. 
We'll see. But by the by the based on the criteria, I'm I'm still saying it's got to be. It'll deal with the 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 anti-hero and the hero, you know, Ray and Kylo. It's going to happen around their stories, is what I'm saying. Yeah, it, it's going to have to involve either the big three from the original, one of them, the droids, yep. or Palpy. Yeah, I mean that it's got to be one of those, and I mean. Who knows? I mean, who knows? And I definitely have my guess. So people listening, if you want me to give that guess to you, the one that I really think it's going to be, let's continue our little DMs on Instagram. I, I've uh, It's been fun. There, there's slowly but surely this little community is starting to bud and grow within, within Instagram. And I get I'm getting more and more DMs, Nick, as, as you are. I mean, we both kind of comb through the account there but you know, we get questions Peruse. now people commenting on stuff we said on the show and as i've always said when we close out that's all that matters to us we love that shit we're not here for the money we're here because we want people to talk to us about star wars and enjoy what we talk about with star wars so we can all just riff on this thing called star wars and have a good time and maybe yell at each exactly. other every once in a while <laughs> A good yell session never Yeah, hurts. I mean, Nick and I but, have had uh, it. We haven't had any in quite some time, probably because I quit drinking on the podcast. <laughs> but <laughs> there used to be times get a little testy with the guy. So, um, But that's what you it's do okay. when you talk Star Wars. You fucking start to hate people. <laughs> the dark side. Yeah, man. The dark side the, runs There's through. a reason <laughs> I'm holding the red lightsaber in the logo. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> so, long story short, Richard E. Grant loves the fucking movie cried about it and said that the there's a 40 year in the making character plot twist that kind of smacked them in the face but resonated perfectly emotionally it's beautiful that's exciting that's exactly what i want yeah to hear. it's exciting all right so, so the last little trust deal and this is just a quick one out here a little psa banger if you will but we did get confirmation on dominic monahan's character remember mary the hobbit uh, his name apparently is Beaumont Ken, which is kind of a hoity-toity name for a Star Wars character, in particular one yeah, I mean, that is mixed up with the Resistance. Beaumont is definitely not, you know, it's not a Finn or a Poe or a Luke or a Han. Beaumont definitely sounds like a rich person's name. Yeah. Um, so the only thing that could occur to me if we are kind of running with this completely fabricated idea that he may be rich um, is that he's the kid of somebody who died on the Hosnian system. Yeah. You know, he could be a senator's son. He could be, a, you know, somebody who's wrapped up in a political, a New Republic political family that was wiped out when Hosnian Prime uh, was wiped out. I don't know why you got me on DFA. this tangent idea. I think it's because you said Hosnian. Okay. <laughs> but there's a part of me now that I know it can't happen just because of the way they are. But I would have really loved to have seen live-action versions of some of Resistance characters. Star Wars Resistance. Yeah. Uh, joining I the battle at the end here. Because I did I hear, I, did, I, I think I heard, did you hear this? That the Colossus is with them. Is Yeah, I, I, I did see that, that the Colossus is like makes its way into a fight. But in terms of the cartoon, we really won't find out until 2020. So after, Yeah, after I, the movie. I, I don't so know. Far. I don't think they're going to... Maybe the ship will be in there, but I doubt we'd get like the, you know, see Kaz's green jacket or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it would have to be, 
I mean, one, I don't even, like, you can't even consider that fan service because there's a lot of people who are going to be watching that would, yeah, Trust they'd have, no, have clue. no idea. I mean, it, it would have like, to be dead on, like, Rogue One's little cameo for Chopper and, for and the ghost ship. I'm not saying, but maybe we see, you know, the fireball or something like that. Yeah, you know, one of the one of the ships that we or, know or C, or CB is crosses. rolling in the charge with with uh, uh, BB. With BBA. So, yeah. Oh, sorry. I mean, like everybody's you said, there. You're saying Hosnian is like, oh, Kaz is from the Hosnian system. Yeah. So maybe he knows Beaumont, and they'll be fighting together on those star destroyers. Could be. Maybe maybe we hear Beaumont on the on like a radio. He's on like a hollow yeah. transceiver, and he says, you know. <laughs> Kaz, where's the Colossus? <laughs> or some Beaumont and Kazuda, you know. lifelong buddies. Could be. Anyways, but, yeah, I need mean, to kind of get thing. some a little more insights into who Dom's playing. I still think he's going to be no more than a snap Wexley, maybe a quick line or two, but whatever. You know, you, you got to like JJ that keeps keeps some of his buddies in there, get some little screen time, get some, some Star Wars immortality. Must be nice. Agreed. Well, speaking okay. of resistance, we're going to transition into our, our – Rather brief recap, top moment breakdown uh, of the episode. The, the most recent one, Nick, was S2E10, Kaz's Curse. Which, <laughs> I mean, honestly, it was another standalone plot deal. Not going to lie. Uh, basically no different than the one we talked about last week where Nick and I had our pitchforks out. And we were like, fuck you, stupid little kids. This show should have serious plot lines <laughs> that only I mean- fill in the gaps in between... TFA, TLJ, and Tross, but, you know, after a while, like, you know what, we're fucking assholes. So, that's kind of how I went into this episode, Nick. As I could see, it was going down the standalone path. I was like, you know what, just just try to enjoy it for what it is. And, and honestly, it was kind of a fun episode. But, before top moments, I'll go ahead and go over the Easter eggs, as we always do. And there, there was three of them. Up first... Uh, I found a black sun tattoo on the Gorg dealer's arm. All right, so the that's a good catch. yeah black sun. I believe First that's off. the syndicate okay. Maul took over, right? Yes. And then eventually black he sun takes sun. over Crimson Dawn, so on and so forth, as as told to us in Solo. Or, yes, indeed. Or, and then or was Prince Zizor black sun? Let's see. The black Zizor is like your the- territory, right? Do you even know who the you fuck know, I'm yeah. talking about? I'm gonna look it up right now because I don't. The name itself doesn't beep, 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 occur beep, 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 to me right away. I'm pretty sure Maul was Black Sun when he did the Mandalore stuff. Yes, yes, he was. Because I'm looking at it now. Because they're a part of the Shadow Collective, and the Shadow Collective is linked to um, all of the dealings that happened with with Darth Maul. And um, you know all you know everything that it, I mean, it's one of the five main Star Wars Columbus. crime syndicates. Yes, and they they are all kind of the Shadow Collective was run by Darth Maul. Got you. And then all of the individual little kind of, I guess you would say, the gangs under them, you know, formed the Shadow Collective, and the Black Sun was was one of them. So. Um, hey, I'll take your word for it. That's what it se- seems like that too. I mean, like the Shadow Collective and the the Black Sun Syndicate, and then the the Crimson Dawn, and all of those are kind of affiliated criminal organizations, I guess you would say. Got you. So, homeboy who now deals Gorgs probably used to be a gangster. So that was kind of neat. Uh, I'm pretty sure this was a cheat because I believe the Guavian Death Gang were also featured in the first season of the show. So. 
think so. Um, it definitely broke my own rules, but that's honestly because these episodes are getting quite slim on eggs and references. Uh, so we did have the Guavians in there again. Yeah, I mean, just if anything, they're one of the cooler looking random Star Wars uh, species factions, if you will. Yeah. Big red helmet with a certain Yeah, I, I, it just it always sucked me in in TFA, and I've just always been drawn to that. I guess like you, Nick, I like a man in a bucket. Oh, yeah. Um, and then finally, we got Kaz got himself called a Moof Milker, which is a Han Solo special. Use it in Solo. TFA, and I believe again in Solo. So He did. He, I think he called... Uh, yeah, he did. He called Chewie a Moof Milker. Yeah, and Solo he calls he him a Moof Milker, and then TFA, I believe, he says it when he's talking about how people have been fucking with the Falcon systems and shit. Yeah, that Moof Milker when he... Oh, yeah, yeah he, he said it when he was talking about... installed like a, something or... Yeah, he installed like a something on the hyperdrive it was a specific thing on the hyperdrive that that uh ray ends up dismantling yeah basically she just fucking rips it out out like a boss and it's like i got it she's like i bypassed the goddamn i can't remember she she bypassed whatever it was and by bypass she means she ripped the motherfucker out yeah she just tore it up so anyways nick uh i know you didn't get this to really dive into this episode i'm not gonna say you really missed anything because it didn't quite progress the First Order Resistance plot, but I, I did have one top moment, and I believe it was a little bit of growth for our buddy Kaz. Um, so if you could tell by the title, Kaz's Curse. He gets cursed by the yes. pirates, <laughs> and he lets it affect him. I mean, he's already a klutz. His name is Castastrophe. So now the yep. dude's cursed. So clearly it fucks with his head pretty bad. He hits an all-time low on just screwing shit up. But he talks to Mika, his character we met a few episodes back. She gives him this little charm. I wanted to run with it being a Japur snippet again, but I just didn't think it is. And long story short, he thinks the charm helps him. He loses a charm. He realizes he lost the charm. But then he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not a dumbass. I'm not cursed. I'm Kaz. And once he does that, he takes control of the fireball and literally wipes out basically a whole squadron of guavians who are trying to take out the other aces and the colossus saves multiple aces with his piloting skills and essentially allows the colossus to get through this asteroid field so can hit hyperspace and get the hell out of dodge because they were going through guavian space which is why shit kind of hit the fan i mean Um, so it just nice he he finally believed in himself and when he did it nick he was flying like a poe dameron yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say is that he he always struggled with self-confidence in a way. Like, Kaz, when we met him, had a bravado about himself, but it was kind of quickly dashed. Like, he came onto the Colossus in Season 1. He's like, I'm a fucking New Republic pilot. I can take all of these aces in a, in a race, no problem. And then literally within the first episode, he's, like, bumped down to, like, your second-tier mechanic, your... You're only on this this station because you were given a chance to do this by by the resistance and by Poe, and then since then he's been slowly building up his confidence again. Right. So to see an episode where he's basically at an all time low in his confidence because of this curse that was put on him, um, and then for him to shake it off and and come through in a tough spot is really good. And I hope that this is a a turning point for him. For himself, not necessarily for the character. Yeah, I mean, he's still probably going to trip this or break something here or there. But I I don't know. I I hope it's 
less of a focus on Dolty Boy, and he's always the, the dummy, and maybe, you know what, hey, Kaz is a pretty badass if he just kind of puts his mind to it, so... I yeah. did like that. Uh, I kind of had a feeling this this Mika character would do something like this for Kaz. I mean, she was the one that pretty much told him, like, listen, the, a curse's power is totally reliant on the person who is cursed and how much they believe in it. And exactly. she kind of gave him the talisman <laughs> thing to give him something to focus on, but she knew what she was doing. So I, I thought that was kind of fun. Uh, but in the end, you know, it just showed that Kaz can be a Star Wars hero. He just has an odd way of, of getting there, and sometimes a silly way and a klutzy way. But it's Kaz's way, and that's why we love the guy. So, as I said, standalone plot type episode, but because of Kaz's journey here and how he started, they really made him just a complete doofus in this one. And then he <laughs> snapped out of it and, like I said, channeled his boy Poe and just... He saved the day. I mean, without Kaz, Bo was going to get wiped. Tor was going to get wiped. I mean, he just really, really took to that flight stick and kicked some ass. So it kind of redeemed the episode in. in the end. Yeah, he, he got back to his roots as a a legit New Republic pilot, which, you know, it's good to see him yeah, back on that. He's on good that at it. He's just got to focus sometimes. So, all right, <laughs> excuse me. Moving on, still have that AIDS, my friends. <laughs> Moving on to the Mandalorian, everyone's favorite topic in Star Wars these days. So last week we got S1E5. It was called The Gunslinger. Before we get into our little Easter egg recap and top moment spiel, though, I just want to put something out there to make sure you've put two and two together like I did. We I did release a video for it. So those of you diehards like Rust Bell Collector, uh, Apollo 8 to check this shit out. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, but we finally now know the name of the Bounty Hunter Guild planet, Nick, and it is Navarro, and, Navarro, and we get that yes. um, by way of Fennec Shand as she's kind of trying to play Toro against Mando there at the end. So I, I just wanted to get that out of the way. It's nice that at least for someone like me that's a freak and needs to know this type of shit so he can sleep at night, we do now know at least that planet's name is Navarro. Five episodes in, we finally yes, got Yes, uh, more than halfway <laughs> through the season, we get that. All right, so first up, <laughs> as we get into Gunslinger, we're going to start with the eggs, and then we'll kind of get in and do our little powwow, talk about our top moments, and then obviously we're going to focus on that ending because I went ahead and created another video. This this episode of The Mandalorian, by the way, my friends, got four videos instead of just two, so it definitely got me thinking. But, buddy, let, let's get into the eggs real quick. It was a Floney episode, so there was yeah, so, a fuck ton of Easter eggs in Star Wars references. And I missed before, a big one. I'm going to get out and own it now. You've, people have already let me know in the comments. Yes, I missed the fucking high ground mention like a dope. Yeah, the high. Yeah, I'm sorry. High For some reason, these obvious ones are just going right over my head. And, and before we jump into the officials that, that Matt has on the list here, I want to put out one that my buddy Phil, loyal listener to the show and uh, a diehard oh, he's Star one of the Wars originals just like so, that I mean, he, he was there like when we first made the switch oh yeah like Phil Phil has been with us forever but he called the one he called out one egg that's not a Star Wars reference but it is a reference to Top Gun and it's in the beginning of the episode when when Mando's flying away from the other bounty hunters trying to catch him he pulls the like stall in midair and let the guy pass him up and shoot him down 
And that is exactly what happens in the beginning of Top Gun. Got you. So. It, someone he, also he, <laughs> mentioned that that is a comic book moment where Boba Fett does the same move to IG-88. Look at oh, that. Dude, they're all so over it now, yeah. which I love. I, it, it, what that means <laughs> to me, people dude. are watching, they're engaged with the content, and they're throwing their two cents in. Now, some obviously let me know I'm fucking stupid and all that. That's fine, too. But <laughs> it just it's letting me know that people are starting to watch our content a little bit. Uh, and yes. derive something out of it, at least to get angry enough to leave a comment or enjoy it enough to leave a comment. That's fine. Exactly. All right. So there are 24 of these, not to mention the two we just dropped. So we're, we're going to go somewhat quick through these. Uh, some may warrant more discussion than others. But right off the top, obviously, we had a self-reference already to the show when that one bounty hunter asshole used our buddy's line, bring you in hot or cold. Yep. Uh, I, here's a big one here. This is like, Jesus Christ. I mean, it could have been three within just this sequence, but we learn early on he's going the most icely, which is on Tatooine, yep. and he literally flies right by the ridge where Kenobi's talking shit about scum and villainy and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, basically, the, the good, a good way to, to wrap these eggs up is, like, we're on Tatooine, expect a lot of shit. Right. Like, I mean, it, it was a Floney episode, and he, was, he yeah. did episode one. That one also had over 20. He does episode five, over 20. Other ones, three to five. So yeah. you can tell the dude knows his shit. Around. He knows his eggs. He knows how to drop little things. They're going to get fans all moist down south. Um, still continuing on with our Tatooine adventure. He lands in the same style of hangar as the Falcon. It wasn't docking yep. bay 94, but it was the same type of docking bay in that docking bay. We had some pit droids who we first met with Watto, uh, Pally, the mechanic, fantastic character, by the way, uh, carbon scoring line. Something we heard a lot of carbon yep, scoring there. Heard yep. Luke throw that to R2, which implies things have been shot out with laser guns. Yep. Uh, she's seen playing Sabacc, which is a game we know. That's how Han got the Falcon. All right, Nick, you, do you feel me on this one? Did Baby Yoda make a crate dragon yell, or am I fucking hearing <laughs> shit? I think you were – it definitely sounded familiar. Now, for those of you who don't know what a crate oh, yeah, dragon yell is, this would be even like pre-special edit now, because I think pre, now he's is, like, yeah, gonna, he goes like, oh, oh, oh. It's, a, it's, a, it's like a weird – they, it's overdubbed with some sort of weird sound, but this is yes, like Matt mentioned, this is pre-Blu-ray edit. Yeah, um, he just would go like. This is when, yeah, it was like a like a like a very shrill kind of yell, and it was it's when uh, Obi Wan Kenobi finds you know Luke out there yeah, he's in trying the, to scare the off Dune the, the scene, sand people. You know, the sand, yeah, and he's like, oh, it's just does this yell and it scares him away. It's a crate dragon. Yeah, I, dude, I watched it or three or four times. Like, whatever. the motherfucker's doing it, or that's just like his, holy shit, my buckethead guy's gone, and that's just his yell, and it echoed in the in the razor. I don't know, but I, I ran with it. it. Sound, it's on the, the list. It familiar. fucking exists. Uh, moving on, yeah. <laughs> we saw a Treadwell droid uh, as Mando's walking into Chalm's Cantina, which is the next one. Fucking Chalm's Cantina is there. Uh, we're going to talk about that because I, I thought it was, I loved how Filoni visualized it now is, is hilarious a lot of irony in that scene uh the droid running the cantina looked just like ev99 from jabba's palace you know the Those one that kind of checks in r2 and c3po we could use a protocol exactly droid. yep uh, <laughs> I, i'm going with that was straight up r5d4 in the motherfucking bar 
It could be. Just like yeah, him. He I had mean... the, the, the blue prong mixed in with the reds. We know yeah. he probably got left on Tatooine because the Jawas were like, fuck you, your motivator sucks, so I'm running with and it. And all he needed was, yeah, all he needed to get it, you know, replaced. Yep. And then he'd be back up and, and running. And now he's so. a fucking drunk. Uh, Toro, the new character we met, is sitting in Han's booth. The when they sat like that, I was like, "Wow, Filoni is going just that on, dude." In. And <laughs> like, the thing is, just... the th- the beauty of it, it goes over the heads of pretty much everybody, but people like us. Yeah, like the, the like nobody hardcore fans, people that listen to Star Wars time on a regular basis. Yes, we're, you guys are spotting. I'm talking like just your casual viewer, my wife, my daughter, even my dad, who's loves Star Wars as long as me. But it's just it, that's the magic of Filoni. I mean, he's in Han's booth, sitting just like Han and McClunky. Yeah, um, it's per- <laughs> we get a Perfect. while he's talking to Mando. We get a Dune C mention. We get a Hut Cartel yep. mention. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toro, he needs to go get some speeder bikes. He brings in swoop bikes that look damn near identical to Anakin's, but they're not quite identical, but close enough. Yeah, uh, they mention Corellia. Saw that in Solo. We get to see yep. Tusken Raiders, which I fucking love that scene. Dude, I loved it. I was going to say, dude, that scene was really cool because really the only other time that I can remember that Tusken Raiders are given any sort of, you know, mention. They're not just treated like animals. Yeah, it's that. And then if you play the storyline through correctly with them in Knights of the Old Republic, because you can actually get it to where like, you become friends with the Tuscan yeah. Raiders. Yeah, so and like clearly, those are the clearly Mando's buddies with these people, and I, I just, I really like that exchange. I mean, it's slightly humorous, but also added a little bit to that faction in Star Wars, which I thought was exactly. a nice touch. I mean, just Floney, please, Floney, more Floney. Not the guy. Give him a live action. Yeah, I mean, just you're looking for a director, film, series, whatever. I mean, keep him going. All right, up next, Toro using the exact same style of Binox that Luke uses. In Empire Strikes Back, except they're painted black. Do back. It's pretty hard to miss. Yeah. Uh, I loved the twin sons references and how they were super subtle. It was not like, oh, uh, you know, they didn't even really show the twin sons visually. They, they just, yeah, the first time I heard it, Toro's like, oh, hey, I'll let you know when the suns go down. And then Fennec also said, hey, the suns are coming up. I just, I, I loved it. it. It was great little just kind of in-universe nods. We don't need to yeah. visually reference it, but people talking about it, fans will get it. Again, very easy to overlook that. If it was another director, you could literally just say "son" and nobody would care. Exactly. Like, there would be people like we would catch it, but you know that just goes to show you, Filoni is a game. He's he's right yeah. there. Uh, the Navarro planet, obviously a, another self mention. This is a a Mando egg itself already. Gotta love that. Yep. Uh, she's Mando says she's not good to us dead. Clearly a nod to he's no good to me dead. Yeah, Boba's line from ESB. We get a Mos Espa mention from Fennec. That's a spaceport from TPM and AOTC. And then finally, Beggars Canyon also gets a mention, which also we've heard in A New Hope and The Phantom Menace. We get to see it. That's where they pod race. In particular, that's where Aura Singh is hanging out checking out the action so 24 solid eggs and references dude about i mean as solid as they get you had prequels originals uh just lovely stuff and i will say that you know the one thing that people say about this episode and 
you know, you could look at it a, a positive way or a negative way. Most of the people who are saying this or citing it are saying it in a negative way. Um, is that it relied too heavily on established things. So like all of these Easter eggs and stuff like that, we love them, but it seemed like some people took them in a negative way. Like Filoni was l- relying too heavily on what we already knew about star Wars and stuff like yeah, that. It's again, like, that look, just goes back to what we were saying. All the shit we're talking about is just random crap, mostly in the background. Like it had nothing to do with the story. Yeah. they I mean, so, yeah, they, they Motherfucking get star Wars fans. Like, what do you want? People, what the yeah, fuck do you want? If it's not the old shit, you're pissed. If it's the new shit, you're even more pissed. What the fuck do you want? Honestly, what the fuck do you want? How many more times odd. can I say fuck? <laughs> but, I mean, I, overall, I liked all these things. I mean, I watched this episode, and every one of like, I may not have caught all of the ones that, that Matt brought up here, the main let's actually let me scroll down and see if there was anything that I missed that you that you caught here. Um, the the twin sons one was a good catch because I didn't I didn't actually like process that because I just like I heard it and I was like okay they're talking about the sons. Yeah, man, I, and, I like, don't watch even... the show like a normal person at all. I, yeah, I watched like, the show fucking three times on the day it comes out. Yeah, most Espa, I caught that one, but I couldn't remember if I caught it because of Star Wars: The Old Republic or because of the prequels like i knew it was associated with one of those but i just didn't remember which one it was associated with um i actually didn't i didn't catch r5 in there i didn't catch oh, that, that, that he's like the, one of the first major shots i know i know it's just like it didn't even again like i saw it and it didn't even well, yeah you're watching it like a normal like, person you're just trying to enjoy <laughs> the show and see what happens with the story that's what I, I, I mean i mean you people should feel bad for me my first, <laughs> my first fucking viewing of Brand New Mando each week is done taking notes, pausing, writing shit down, and not really getting to just watch it flow. My second viewing is even worse because now I'm taking screenshots of the whole episode. So I'm really not even paying attention. In fact, I'm just worried about getting screenshots for the shit I want to talk about in the Easter egg video and in the recap and review. And then finally, Friday night, after I've <sighs> seen it twice... Maybe had a few beers. I get to watch it again where I can just actually sit there and relax and watch it like a normal person would watch TV. <laughs> so anyways, Nick, let's yes. just kind of get in the episode, right? I mean, yep. overall, I loved it. I mean, uh, again, I go back to my F, F rant back there. I, I don't get, like, what could you hate about The Mandalorian at this point? If you hate it, you're fucking stupid. And honestly, just stop watching Star Wars. It's not healthy. It was a really good episode, and it wasn't good just because of the Easter eggs. I liked the little side adventure. I liked meeting this Toro guy. So I enjoyed it. I still think episode three is, is the, the best to me. Uh, but in terms of top moments, dude, just going chronologically, I, I loved opening with that dogfight. Uh, it was it was yeah. a great frenetic opening. I loved his maneuver. I loved the, like, do-do-do-do when he pulls it off, like, yeah, fucking Mando, and then it kicks to the title. I just it was one of the better opening sequences before you know we got the the logo splash. Yeah, right into the action. I like it. Uh, again, maybe we'll find out why Mando has such hate and disdain for droids. <laughs> but I loved as soon as he saw those little fucking pit droids coming towards his ship, no he starts shooting at them. Yeah, I mean he immediately like he shoots at them. Then Pally comes out and 
chills him out and everything like that. But then he right after he's like, no joy. Yeah, so there's like, something. No and it, it, I think Nick probably said this. It, were you the one saying he? It's probably because of the 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 Clone Wars and droids essentially killing his family or. Is that the voice I in my head? I think we may have talked about we may have talked about that on an episode previously. Oh yeah, I mean, there's sometimes I don't know if it's the voice that talks to me sometimes in my <laughs> mind, or if it's something we've said or I've read it. Uh, but yeah, I, that would make sense that you know if you're a little eight, nine, ten year old kid and you're locked in a box, and then a big B two battle droid fucking opens it and gets ready to blow your face off, you may not like droids. But there, there's something there, and trust me. We'll find out for sure, but he's he's shit yeah, on droids in pretty much every episode to date. <laughs> yeah, um, pretty much. Clearly, the return to Chalum's Cantina. I mean, that whole sequence was just nostalgia laden, and like there was no way. Uh, so wh- where where did Wars your head go to that. first when when he walked into the the bar? Where where, where were you like, wow? I mean, I. The bar itself for me, because it's the same. I mean, right. like, like you said, it's. The I mean, same were you amazed? Thing, like, wow, like, look how empty it is. Or, I, like, where's where's the band? Even... What's going on? Because to me, instantly, I was like, holy shit, they got rid of their no droids policy. Fuck, it's ran by droids now, and there's motherfucking droids in there hanging out. I didn't, dude. That didn't even occur I mean, to me. Think about the first time we we, <laughs> yeah, we no. were introduced to this bar. What's the first Your line? Droids. Hey, yeah. Their kind's not allowed in here. Yep, your droids. Yeah, they gotta go. So I, but, I mean, um, I think that was that, that was this was all done on purpose by Filoni. Like, l- look, fucking Chalum or whoever the bartender, they're gone now. Droids can come in. Shit, droids can fucking work here. Yeah, I think that for me, I was just so caught up in the fact that we were there again. That I was, I was just like a kid, like I was just like smiling real big, and I was like, "Oh man, this is really fucking cool." And then the like really after that moment, the first thing that I noticed was the the bartender, like you mentioned, the droid from Jabba's palace, and like everything after that, like all the subsequent moments, like sitting in, um, the, you know, the booth and and all of the little things about the cantina that you remember. And it's just it like, would have been to nice me, to have thing, Mando just waste Toro right there from the Greedo spot. Just, uh, I was kind of expecting it too, like and the way that they were McClunky sitting. I was like, "Oh my did. god, that would have been the perfect cherry on top." Because we all know that that was originally yeah, supposed. That's to be the in that's there. the George to Dave force bond right there. Like George is yeah. just like, "Listen, Dave, you know you're my homie. I can't do shit anymore. Star Wars I signed all my rights away. I can't even talk shit about it. Can you get McClunky?" into the mandalorian yeah just give me a mcclunky and that's yes, it that'll that's validate we'll my be. last change and he's like he's doing like that evil doer finger tap like no <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no i mean the whole cantina was like nostalgia bomb after nostalgia bomb i mean nostalgia boners if you will uh, it, it was great i mean it, but to me it, i just i couldn't get past the irony that now this bar was ran by droids or at run least by attended droids. by droids and that literally R5 is in there hanging out, getting bombed all day long because his motivator's still fucked up. It's it's perfect, dude. Like, that's the kind of shit. And, you know, if if George likes anything new Star Wars, this episode would be it. Like, yeah, this, you would I hope George would is feeling the man. I, I think he is concerned his, his de facto Star Wars son is in charge of a lot of it. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think he's probably down. All right, next moment again. If I'm if I get ahead of any of yours, just jump in. But 
back to the egg. I loved the sand people negotiation. I mean, to me, it looked I like... I thought it was really fun. Mandalorian was given fucking MLB signs to steal home. I mean, that's what <laughs> yeah, I know. He's like... Tip, like, tip. he was using, like... Like his hand going over the other hand yeah. and then like walking I mean, he, motions. He looked like some <laughs> fucking fat dude in a baseball uniform in the pros, tapping his dick, swatting his knee, and, and patting his belly for, all right, you can have the binox if we can cross your land. I mean, that's yeah, pretty much we, what he was yeah. dealing. I, I just, I love the way the sand people were kind of humanized. They weren't just portrayed as these brainless animal people. Uh, yeah, I love that the Mando knew their way. He knew how to communicate with them, and he knew how to deal with them. It was just yeah. I mean, it, it shows you. I mean, the Mando is essentially a Swiss Army knife of a person for the Star Wars galaxy. That's exactly what I was going to bring up. Is that you know this character, this Mando, not only is a a well seasoned bounty hunter as we know, but like he has taken the time to learn and say like most bounty hunters would just fucking blast some Tuscan Raiders, move past yeah. them. Not you worry know what Skywalkers like, would do to them. Yeah. Cut them up into pieces, cry about Babies, the sand, women and all, all of them. <laughs> yeah. The, everyone. But it was cool to see that. Like he has taken the time to learn about them at least a little bit. Like I, I thought it was a really cool character trait for him. Um, so yeah, I totally. Yeah, it really that, does. That I mean, I know a lot of people are making the jokes. It's, there's no lore in here. There's no Mando lore. It's Baby Yoda. I'm like, there's all sorts of lore for this fucking character. I mean, th- those flashbacks alone are lore. Just when we learn this is the way, that's lore for this character. Like, yeah. like what, what are yeah. you talking about? That there's no lore for this guy. Knowing that he can communicate with t- uh, Tuscan Raiders, that's lore. That's all character building. That's why I love that shit. It could be, it's yeah. like a throwaway scene for some people, but that to me is like, that's a standout moment. It's like literally the first time that you see anybody communicating with the Tusk Raider. I, I, I also liked how they kind of ninja surprised them too. I mean, they, they, they were, <laughs> yeah, they were focused like down there. It was the same trick they did to Luke, right? Yeah. I mean, they, they had people it, in the distance with the Banthas and then you had kind of the boom, scouts coming right there up. on the side. Yep. Yep. Well played. Uh, next top moment here. I like their speeder sniper dash. Essentially, that's the, exactly the nighttime right. roll. I love, I love that one, um, just because I thought it was really creative the way that they used the flares. They knew that she was going to be using some sort of like night vision goggles to see. Again, so, goes like, back to the Mando's knowledge of all things Star Wars, everything. And it, it like in this kind of continues the trend as well of Mando getting fucking blasted all the time. Yeah. Like the Mando. We've never seen a Star Wars hero that gets beat up nearly as much as this dude does. Like, he's gotten beat, shot, or something in, I think, every episode. Oh, he's at least been shot in every episode. Episode two, he was almost killed. Yeah, Uh, I mean, Three, he would have been killed. Yep, I mean, I'm pretty sure he got dinged there. And then in episode four, Four, I'm pretty sure he got shot. He got punched around a little bit. And then he gets, he takes a fucking sniper shot from Fennec Sean right in the chest. Oh, multiple shots. I, like, I mean, we didn't even talk yeah, about like, when they find the do back. I mean, he gets shot in the back. He gets yeah, fucking shot like, in the chest. And she's about to blow his head off until, you know, Toro finally gets his ass up there. I guess, it, what'd you think about Toro? Toro Talacan. I, th- I thought he was an, in, like, first off, he looks familiar. I know, as dude. An actor. I still can't, I can't figure out where the fuck him. he comes from. <laughs> 
I mean, like, I just needed, we just need an IMDb and figure it out, but he looks familiar, and I, I know I've seen him in something before. Um, I like him as a character because it, it, it is further used to establish the mindset of, of bounty exactly. hunters and, and like, right. would-be bounty hunters, right. like, wanna-be bounty the, the, hunters. Their only loyalty is to their reputation. Exactly. Like, this is a guy, Toro is a dude who, who is literally completely relying on the Mando to make his bones, like, to, to do what he needs well, to he do. Does, to he get does everything into. for him. I mean, does everything yeah. for and him. And as soon as he gets a whiff, like, oh, I can, like, flip this over and then. Yeah, more rep. I, can, I mean, again, Mighty didn't care to Toro. And that's why I, I love Fennec. I hope she truly isn't dead. I don't think she is. Uh, but I love that she knew. I mean, she's so skilled herself in the ways of killing and, and all the the dark arts, if you will, that go along with being an assassin, that she knew that this young kid bounty hunter, all that really mattered to him was the rep. Yeah. You know, how, can I, how big can I puff out my chest? So she knew if she lined out this other scenario, like, okay, I could work him over. I don't think she was anticipating on him blowing her way. So he wasn't that big of a fucking dope yeah no he 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 knew that the second he uncuffed her that she was gonna just kill you think she's gone i mean i don't see a reason to bring her back is is the big thing unless you know it's a gut shot so of course she could survive and you know soon we will be getting into this yeah and that's really that's that's my final top moment but we're just going to go ahead and spin right into my theory post and the top moment is the end this is the first time this season we've gotten something like this where it literally looked like the episode was over i mean every episode has ended with essentially the mando flying off finishing something touching baby yoda's finger but this first time, Mando's adventure kind of ended, and then, uh-oh, here's a little almost, it was almost like a stinger, right? You know, an MCU deal. Yeah. Where you hear this clickety-clank, clickety-clank, some spurs walking towards Fennec's body. This dark figure bends over. It clearly has a cape. It's got some boots, and then boom. So, mm-hmm. clearly a great moment. An interesting moment, an intriguing moment, and one, like I said, it got me to do a little theory post, Nick. So, did the video. It's out there. You can always get our videos on YouTube.com slash Star Wars Time Show or just go to StarWarsTime.net and get the shit there. Um, but five theories. Five theories, essentially five characters. Who could that person have been? Uh, we'll start with the one that the internet is running with and they want. I think that this is the... The fan favorite and probably the most unlikely for various reasons, although some of my reasons has kind of changed since I talked about this because I do think this character could actually enhance uh, the character of the Mandalorian himself, and that is, drumroll, Boba Ass Fett. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this is what everybody's been wanting since the Mandalorian was announced. I mean... We see a guy in a in a Mando helmet. We I mean, honestly, Nick, the Mandalorian Mando is essentially the byproduct of the Fett movie never coming to be. Yeah, I mean, this is you know, I mean, this whole show is essentially fan service provided to you by John Favreau. But like Boba Fett is one of those characters that saw a resurrection in the old EU Legends novels, and then people really want to see him back in in, in new canon. 
And it makes sense to bring him back in the show because there's no place for him in the movies now. Like you can't shoehorn him into episode nine all of a sudden and then say like, oh, Boba's back. This is the this is the most obvious place to do it. Perfect sense. And being on Tatooine, I mean, that's the last known location of Mister Boba. Yeah. So my only issue with this is I kind of agree with the way that you put it in the post. I know that you've kind of come around a little bit. On the first point, the second point, absolutely not. So yeah, I mean, I know it's a fucking talk show. We're sitting here as if you can read the shit we're looking at, but. Here, my first spin was like, I don't think the show needs Boba. More or less, his inclusion could take away from the lore being told about our new hero. But I've kind of flipped on that because I do believe if Boba became a recurring antagonist for Mando, not even just this season, but carried throughout the life of the show, that would really bring a fun and intriguing aspect to both characters. And as I've, I've kind of pitched in some of the comments when people are telling me I'm fucking dumb, you know, the Mando's lore could get very enhanced if he's the one that, that takes out Boba like a boss or no, something like that. I totally agree there. Okay. Like, I don't think that the, the story around Mando would be... Right. I, I fucked um, up on that. I'll, I'll admit that. But by that. what I, what I am going to stick to, if you are going to bring Boba back, you're almost going to have to dedicate a full fucking episode of The Mandalorian to a not Mandalorian just to explain to people like Nick and I some legit fucking backstory on how he got out of the pit. And I'm not talking like, yeah. Oh yeah, just go read the books. That shit ain't real anymore. My friends. Yeah. We, we I mean, deal that, in Canon <laughs> over on the star Wars time show period. So yeah. I appreciate the comments and the theories, but that shit doesn't exist yet in the world of the Mandalorian. For all we know, Boba Fett is fucking dead. Yeah, I mean, we can't rely on legends anymore. We have to go, you know, with what's out there. And to my knowledge, there's there hasn't been a novel written that that brings him back yet. And there's nothing in the comic books either. Not in canon. Um, Apparently, there's a story out there where Boba gets spat out, hmm, like he spat out because of the best car, whatever. He was indigestible. Yeah. So. That's out there somewhere. It's not canon, to my knowledge. Actually, I know it's not canon. But that's what they're riffing on. And I'm not shitting on that idea. If they want to make that canon, they best do it through the show. Yeah, you have to introduce it via the show or somewhere, you know, where people can see it in an actual canon novel, comic book show, whatever. I guess my only issue with bringing Boba in, and and this kind of will harken back to something that, jj said when he was filming tfa i feel like if you bring him in now especially he takes over the whole show like boba then becomes the main and and that's like the point i was trying to make about how he could take away from the lore building of mando i just probably didn't say it the right way but that that's exactly it i mean he would suck the air out yeah like you would have too many people who want more episodes focused on him who want more time dedicated to Boba and not the Mandalorian, like not the main character. And like you said, in the second half, like we, we were under the impression that we were going to get 45, 50 minute episodes before this show released. We get 30 to 35. So if you bring in Boba Fett, one of the most popular characters in star Wars lore, it is impossible to have him there in and also have the Mando there and give both characters the time needed. 
So I, I agree with you on the episode length and it being difficult yeah, to just, manage if Boba... You'd have to, they'd have to burn a full episode just to explain how Boba got to this point. Exactly. Period. So that, that's I, it. Like it, it, it we, no baby Yodas, no fucking Mandos. Uh, the, the episode would, would literally be him getting puked out of the pit and then suffering for whatever five years until we see him probably having either a fob of Fennex or maybe he's just tracking old school this other Mandalorian he heard about yeah. going nuts on Navarro. And I, I mean, if you, if you guys want a reference to, to what would be needed, just think about when, when Darth Maul was reintroduced to us Jesus in Christ. Clone Wars. I mean, Wars. It, it took two cartoon series to, just to get him back in the live-action movies. Yeah, I mean, the reintroduction of Darth Maul was like a whole subsection of a series. Yeah. Like, in Clone Wars, we we literally have a whole episode, at least... Oh, dude, there's, there's full-on arc dedicated like, to yeah. Maul's return, Maul linking up with Savage, uh, and then, you know, it, it continues the, into the Rebels Shadow Collective and so and on everything so like forth. that. Yeah, I mean, it's... So it's a, it's a task. Like, you can't just bring back one of these iconic characters... With no explanation behind it, it right. at least and that, in my that's, opinion. That's my biggest knock. Yes, Boba wore spurs and all this shit, and yes, he could change his boots. I get that. So that was my first I guess. Season two, I think, would be the better place to bring it. If you're going to bring him in, introduce him up front and allow a whole season where you could develop him. That's, that's what I'll say on Boba. In the end, give me a fucking Boba episode if you're going to do it. No, no bullshit. He, he does not just come back. That, that cannot be allowed. All right, up next, uh, apparently this guy is from the books, and they're the Aftermath books, which makes them canon, and I'm talking about Cobb Vant. So a little backstory mm-hmm. here. He's a human sheriff of sorts that protects a free town on Tatooine, and he scores himself some Mando armor via Jawas. Uh, I think there's, yeah. there's some theories that maybe... They found Boba's armor in the desert after the, the, the pit puked it up, and he kind of took it over and essentially used it to be a sheriff and was a good guy. Uh, but this is another one where it's like, okay, you might be able to get away with a Cobb Vanth in name, but since he is canon, but in a book, he would deserve some sort of attention. Yeah, it's... One, I don't think that this this character probably doesn't need to be introduced into the show for a couple of reasons. I would see him, if he's actually coming in here and he's going to be playing the same Cobb Vanth, you know, sheriff, it's lawman, essentially. He has no point in being in the show because the show does yeah. not revolve around Tatooine. It doesn't. Like, he would have no reason to pursue the Mando off-world, which he's already off-world, and there's there's no benefit to bringing in another person that is going to be following him, especially this person. Um, so I I mean I can see where it came from. I can see like how this is now associated with this you know mystery character. But I just don't think that this is if you're going to bring him into live action. I don't think this is the place. That's what to happens do it just with because. speculation and theory crafting, buddy? <laughs> just throw some shit out there and hope something sticks. And usually nothing does. But yeah, still love doing it. Next one here is kind of a throwaway, but you just kind of have to account for it because we do know this is happening. But it could just been another bounty hunter 
had her pup yeah. or is tracking Mando because of the baby and just following fucking do-back tracks. But I doubt it. A, a common bounty hunter is not going to get this special scene. We saw what ca- common bounty hunters get in episode four, and that is shot in the back by Cara Dune. Yeah, yeah, there's no way that they have a whole tease for just some dude. Sticking you don't with know. bounty hunters, it could be grief. You know, could his, be. His, his coat's kind of long. Don't know if he's got spurs, but he could definitely be tracking Fennec. And he, I mean, he he's probably also tracking Mando. Right. I mean, a lot of these people out here, not only, I mean, could be after Fennec Sean for sure. The puck's out there for her, but like, there is a massive price on the Mandalorian's head, yeah, you would, not you would only think from. So you know, not only from the Empire, but also from the Bounty Hunters Guild. Like, he literally killed a ton of people in the fucking Bounty Hunters Guild. So not only you have the Empire... Yeah, I mean, Fennec wasn't bullshit in Toro. She was, she was feeding him these lines for her own purposes, but she wasn't bullshitting him. Yeah, I mean, exactly. he, he completely went against the Guild and, and fucked Grief's life up. So Grief would have motivation for getting back, but I still think he's probably a good guy. All right, and the last but not least, and the one that it probably is, people, hate to burst all your bubbles, but it's probably Giancarlo Esposito, a.k.a. Yes. Moff Gideon. Yeah, I mean, this is, and look, I'm like 95% here because Moff Gideon is a character that's established in you know the, the lore surrounding the show. He hasn't been introduced to us yet. We've seen him a lot in previews. We know that he is a part of the Imperial Remnant. Motherfucker's got we a TIE know... fighter and at least a squadron of death troopers at his disposal. Oh, yeah. And we know he whips a cape, as you yes. very cleverly put in the video. Like, the motherfucker whips a cape, and we see a cape. And we also know that the Imperial Remnant wants the Mandalorian dead. And we also know that Fennec Shand is a former Imperial assassin. Like... Right. This it, it all lines up perfectly for this character. A lot, for this of, lot to of dots introduction with Gideon. Yeah, a lot of dots. Yes. Um, and then you know Moff Gideon was set up as a character who was going to be a primary antagonist, you know, or foil to the Mandalorian. And we're going to go into Episode Six, and he's not even here we, yet. I think <laughs> so. the past two weeks we've been like, "This is it. This is it." Gus Fring's fucking coming up, and then nothing. And we've been wrong every time. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> At least we nailed the, the Cara Dune episode, but yeah, uh, Gus is hanging back, man. He's still trying to get that other half of his face fixed up. So, but yeah, that, uh, yeah that's but who I'm going with. And uh, I mean, there's a good chance we sense. we learn this mystery this week in episode six. So, yeah. Uh, if it is Gideon, so I, I do think we will learn that mystery this week. If it's not Gideon. And it's the the dude in green. Then they may kind of try to draw this mystery out, which which would work, and it would give Nick his you know maybe push it to season two. It would give Matt possibly a, his half episode, full episode, reintroducing Boba to the world. Uh, but it's more than likely Moff Gideon. So that kind of wraps our theories on that little surprise ending to the Mandalorian S one E five, the Gunslinger. Do you think the title was referring to? The guy at the end is the gunslinger? Could be. I mean, shit. Because the Mando didn't sling too many definitely, guns. Toro definitely wasn't a gunslinger. I mean, was, was nope. Fennec the I mean, gunslinger? The I don't one. know. You know, Mando got the one. He got the one shot that counted. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> oh, it was fun, though. It was something uh, I, I knew when I saw it. I, I knew my day would be long, but I do enjoy doing this shit. So it is what it is. Plus, we've gotten decent reaction to this video. So 
Thanks to those of you who've been commenting, liking, rating, reviewing, subscribing, passing, sharing, doing. One thing that I will say I didn't like about this episode right before we get into top five was that fight with Fennec and Toro at the top of that mountain. Too dark was so motherfucking dark yeah. i couldn't see what was happening yeah when you were <laughs> let's, oh, oh you know again sometimes we peel the cover back nick earlier was like oh man shit was like game of thrones fucking dark it's like dude whatever it's like the the end scene and but now that you're reminding me yeah there was a pretty key fight scene where you just saw and it didn't help that they're both wearing fucking black <laughs> yeah so i mean you all you can really see, see are their fucking heads and then stuff whipping by in the dark yeah, it, you can't see shit. Like, I was totally, I loved the scene where it was in the dark. They're on the speeders. They got the flares flying. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, the real dark screen works great for that. Yeah, but then when you get into a fight with two of your, you know, yeah. your episode He's like, it's fucking characters. just as bad as Game of Thrones. What the fuck? These dark screens got to turn up my brightness. Dude, I was hot. I was like, Jesus, man. What, like, how does I this mean, shit you, keep happening? It's not too hard to figure out what's going to trigger me, but you never know what could trigger Nick. So I, I thought Dude, it, was it was funny. Just I was like, laughing when he was texting. He's like, man, fucking screen's so dark, Game of Thrones, <laughs> fuck. It's like, I was... Cause like I've been struggling. Why, like, dude? I honestly thought you were just talking about the the bonus scene. I was like, well, no, I mean, no, what no. What are you talking about? There's fucking cape and feet. Who cares? But now you're right. No, you're not right. That the, the fight scene was pretty bad. I was like, wow, what the hell's <laughs> going on here? But it's that same fucking director of cinematography or photography from Game of Thrones. Could have been. He's like, it's your TV. It's like, yeah, fuck, fuck you, guy. Fuck you and your TV. So yeah. How about you? How about you use some lore and say that the moon was full? <laughs> <laughs> some shit. Like what uh, the hell? Oh man. Yep. Nick, Nick right. hates anyway. dark scenery. All right. So. I do. That takes us to the final segment of the primetime show, which you all know what it is. Those of you just strapping in now, shame on you. You should have been here for the past whatever, how many hours we've been going. But we're here. It's time for the top five Instagram Star Wars fan artist features of the week. I lined them up all week long thanks to people using the Star Wars Time Show hashtag on Instagram or tagging at Star Wars Time Show on IG just in case they're the same platform. All right, so lined them up. Nick picked his top five. And boy, Nick, there are some people really lobbying for you to choose them these days. I don't know how much you dive really? in the DMs, but I, I get a lot of the, the woe is me. Like, man, maybe Nick will pick this one. I'm like, hey, I'm the one that fucking, I, I'm propping all you people up, getting you in the feature list. I have nothing to do with the top five. Start he hitting up it. at that Nick C on Instagram. <laughs> yes, I just made my Instagram public too. There you go. Start hitting up uh, at so that it's, Nick it's C instead of Haywood Pop and all this other stuff <laughs> for getting into the top five. I love you all. Nick's, Nick's the but tough look, one to please. <laughs> I, I will say that I believe we have two brand new top five members this week. Smart. So it's not like... And I call them out every week we do top five. I say this is new you top gotta five. You got to add new, new every week, five, man, because so. in the end, it's smart for us because it could be another listener to add. Exactly. I mean, I, I do it, like I said, I don't look at the names when I pick the, the pictures. If you've ever looked at an Instagram feed on desktop, you can't see shit. So I just go through. At I this click point, on the though, ones you know I like, you, and then that's I it. bet you've seen enough now. You're probably starting to pick out people's shots just based on Oh, yeah, work. like – there's a couple that like I like I already have probably three shots because I was going through 
And I was like, oh, this is going to be a good one for next week because we run Friday to Friday on the top five. And I saw a couple come through over the weekend where I was like, ooh, that's a killer. That's a good one. And I knew who they were as soon as I saw them too. So I'm not giving any spoilers for next week's top five, but you may see some familiar names. Um, But this week, we do have some returning top five members. We do have some new top five members. So let's just jump into it. Um, Also, I'd like to say that we've crossed the 2,000 follower mark on Instagram. I think we actually did that a couple weeks ago. That is, you know, thank you all to to all 2,000 of you that are following. Thank you for interacting. And thank you, Instagram, for not burying our account yet. Yeah, like I mean, you've done you know, to at Haywood Pop, you fucking scumbag. I mean, apparently we're we're still in the good graces of the IG gods. Hopefully, the algorithm oh, dude, will these be days forever we're in our favor. Like a continuous eight hundred to a thousand profile visits every five days or whatever. It's beautiful. So, My account, yes. hundred. <laughs> and I have I have I just, almost four thousand followers. I just don't underfucking do my accounts work sometimes dude. as dead as it's gonna get now. I, I don't bitch about it anymore. It's just like who fucking cares? I, I still get some names that leave very nice comments that keeps me going. Fuck it. I just it's over. I, I have shots at this point that I know should be getting close to a thousand. Fuck it, I'll say it. I don't fucking care anymore. I'm a narcissist, I'm an asshole, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. I know, just based on other people's shots that I've seen reach certain numbers, that I have work that should be there, too. It's just never going to fucking happen. And so what? Took me a while, I, but I'm over it. Quality shots from Haywood Pop. Let's never forget that. But we're on the Star Wars Time Show. We're looking at the top five. Yeah, remember, and I'm our not first allowed up- to do it, and I do appreciate <laughs> you that say self-feature, self-feature. It's very nice, but it's never going to happen. <laughs> Nick would literally have to go on my account, find one, and slide it in. Yeah, I mean, like we've done in the past, too. If we have, like, a particularly light show, not like this week, we'll, I'll, I will bring in a, a shot from Matt, have him kind of break down his setup and the way he I mean, he how big of a jerk-off would I have to be, honestly, to feature my own shot on an account I pretty much run? I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I completely agree that that would be a little bit of a, feel like such of a, a, of a masturbatory feel to it. <laughs> But, I mean, you do have legit good insights to give to a lot of these people out here who are starting in the, you know, starting to do their photography, who are into their photography and they're looking to level their game up. You have a lot of good knowledge and a lot of good insights. So I don't, I don't want to bury your stuff or, you know, make it seem like you're some kind of oaf that just takes hey, pictures hey. with a fucking point and shoot. Like I said, on those certain shows, or if you slide one in there and want to get my thoughts on it, fine. But I'm never going to just put my own shit up there ain't gonna happen yeah but we got some good shit out here first up by swtbs underscore wild wing he's been on the top five before i said that you know maybe the swt came from us the star wars time he's, but i don't um, think it is swps he, he's joining the the swt army for sure i mean he's in there, there we go he's in there with with greg and the gang uh, usually commenting, saying he loves the show, promotes it in his story. So he's definitely in the in the club, if you will. Yeah, it's fantastic. And, I mean, he puts himself in the top five here with a spot-on excellent shot of a jet trooper, yeah. a first-order jet uh, trooper. Just the fucking pose, man. That's what did it for me. Yeah, I know. That's exactly because <laughs> I feel like it's easy to throw a figure in the air, like have a figure that's suspended in the air and just like, oh, look, he's flying. But the way – that Wildwing was able to pose this guy, 
really sold the fact that this motherfucker's got a jetpack on his back and he's flying through the air. Um, so I really do love the pose here. Um, the atmosphere in the background is really cool. The lighting of the gun is also pretty awesome. All, all around, this was a really you know action oriented. Yeah, shot totally. I mean, it's got. I'd call it perfect framing. I'm trying to see the rule of three. I can do it now. I can see the grid. I mean, it looks like his helmet and gun are right there in one of the crosshairs. So that just means you're going to be naturally drawn to that, which accentuates the pose. As Nick said, Nick, I can even tell you it's not easy to even make these things look shitty and fly. <laughs> getting these things on, on wires or hanging it, however you want to do it, and actually getting them to settle in the pose you want in your image is it's it's difficult so it's even more impressive when you can get them looking like they're flying and they actually look like they're in a flying pose uh, it looks like he's almost just lunging towards someone like i'm gonna fucking shoot your face yeah yeah like he's coming in hot at whoever it may be finn poe ray that whole boat of them that we've seen in the trailers but um i think thought this was an excellent yeah, shot they can fly Wally, now so. are they flying they can now? fly now yeah. You know, the more that I think about that line, the way that Poe says it at the end, I can buy that he knows and he's just like, oh, they can fly now. Yeah, I know. I've seen them before. Yeah, that's how you're but taking anyway, it. You're not going to be like, yeah. those fucking idiots. Hey, there's fucking there's been people flying in Star Wars since the dawn of time. Burn the mouse. Can't get Kill Kathy. <laughs> sacrifice JJ. Cut out their hearts. Can't can't do it i can't get on that bus with those guys but <laughs> it is a cult man. i can't it's a get on the cult it is. anyways it's back to our cult. buddy i think he's a germany buddy and speaking of germany there are our, our second highest uh listening country on spotify yeah on spotify i'll tell you yes. what greg bird our buddy like number one fan he he took that to heart he's like Yo, where are the fucking like, itunes numbers australia better be number one <laughs> i was like dude it probably is but iTunes analytics is god awful, brother. Yeah. I can't tell you. He's like, could... well, then fuck it. I'm switching to Spotify, and I'm gonna change that <laughs> next year. <laughs> That's the type of Listen. shit we like. Oh yeah, Greg. Listen, man. Star Wars Black we... Series 2019. That's my boy. He's a good. He's fuck a good it. guy. We've been trying to get fan. legit iTunes stuff for a while, and it's never it's gonna impossible. happen. It's is impossible. It's impossible, motherfucker. But uh, SWTBS underscore Wild Wing on instagram it's a fantastic shot make sure to give this guy a follow and like his shit there's good ones on there um next up is a is a new top five entry here and it's from ryan smallman on instagram yeah, I, think I mean this, this guy has a quite a following legit artist by the way i don't know if you looked at his following count but yes i do, <laughs> I, do. Like, I don't know if he's worked for disney or something but i mean this guy Pretty damn yeah. uh, impressive following, and the picture you're about to talk about is also yeah. pretty slick. Oh, this is, 14. I mean, no, he's 14. I, th- I thought we were talking about another one. Either way, impressive following base. Uh, yeah. But he's an illustrator. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, he's an illustrator, and he does... Cool shit. I mean, it, yeah, he does a lot of cool shit. He does, he's, his first language is definitely not English. I, I think it's Portuguese from what I'm seeing. Um, but I could be wrong. But he just whipped up a fantastic yeah. uh, representation of Baby Yoda. And what's really cool about this and what really makes it stand out is instead of having your typical egg kind of, you know, carrier, he he worked that into the Mando helmet. So 
the you have Baby Yoda sitting in the Mandalorian helmet with it pulled back to look like his oh, yeah. that, typical and that, that's kind what, of that's egg what sells it. I mean, again, yeah, tat fucking two. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm always is... like, oh, what a cool tattoo that no one's. There you go. I should literally fucking print this off, take it down to somewhere, and get it done. Yeah, I mean, this is is some that even legal? Can you stuff. can you take someone's art and then get a tattoo on yourself? On your body? Yeah, because you're not selling it. Like you, the only uh, way that it would be illegal is if you took the art and you tried to sell it in some yeah, sort so of if way. You, like, fucking Buffalo, build yourself and tried to sell your skin, you'd be fucked. Yeah, exactly. But no, you could rip this right off of IG, go get a I mean, tattoo, that. and that, post it to Ryan Smallman. That kind of <laughs> that perfectly captures what this season of The Mandalorian has been. It really does, dude. It's Baby a Yoda has gotten in the head of the Mando. Uh, of the Mando, yeah. I mean, perfect fucking job here. So, um, at Ryan Smallman, S M A L L M A N. On, on Instagram. Yeah, it looks Fantastic like he does a lot of artists. stuff in the geek space. A lot of Marvel stuff. More Marvel than Star Wars, I'd say. Yeah, Marvel. You got a little bit of Joker there. He's got some Kylo and Rey stuff, too. But this guy is an absolutely fantastic artist, so yeah, very well good done. Good stuff there. Um, next up is a first-time Star Wars time top is five. I thought, I thought Master Jedi- Lock's been in here. I don't think he has Jedi Master Luck. I mean, I've we've definitely featured yeah. his shots Lewis, on the Lewis feed Luck. before. Real name Lewis Luck. Uh, yes, and this is just a character that I've kind of grown fond of through playing Fallen Order. I mean, I know that Matt and I kind of went on a rail session against the game last week, even though we both enjoy it, but the technical glitches and all of that. Um, but the second sister is a is a really standout character mostly because of how menacing she looks i mean the way that that character was designed by respawn is absolutely perfect i mean they take the inquisitor style lightsaber that we see in star wars rebels they implement that into a badass female villain and then they give her a pretty cool backstory i mean i'm still not finished the game yet i'm just kind of getting to the second go round on um kashik but i've learned a lot about her She's a really badass character, and like I said, she just looks menacing. And, and you know, Jedi Master Luck, Lewis Luck, really captures that here in this image. Um, the way that he has the lightsaber extended, the way that she's positioned, it looks like she's literally walking towards you about to cut your head off. So Yeah, it's badass. Like it. I mean, what initially drew me to this, he's using that Nova Revol ubiquitous motherfucking diorama first off <laughs> I, i'm always impressed when people use it and they haven't smashed it mind you you gotta i don't know if people remember this saga but i i had one it sat in a box for a year because i saw the horror stories about building it and i knew if i tried to i would just smash it and then for father's day my wife's like oh hey you know what would you really want and i fucking picked up the box and handed it to her i said you build that <laughs> It's like you don't need to pay for anything. Yeah, you don't have to buy me anything. You don't have to blow me nothing. Just build that fucking piece of shit that's been sitting there for a year. And she did it. Took her a few hours and a lot of curse words. But uh, I'll never break down the style she built it in because I know how big of a cunt it is to uh, break it down into other shit. I know other people have told me I'm a pussy and just get over it. But, hey, (laughs) maybe I am. But, anyways, it is. It's just uh, I like the lighting. I like how, how stark the lightsaber is. 
Um, he probably used some natural lighting there to mimic the, the glow of the lightsaber on the figure, which always just adds a whole bunch of authenticity and uh, realness to a shot. So, uh, Lou, Jedi Master Luck, definitely, he's one of those who drops a pick. It's going to catch your eye in the feed. Yeah, so Jedi underscore Master underscore Luck on Instagram. Fantastic job. And he also has, if you go to his feed, he's got a close-up version of this shot as well. So awesome stuff. Um, kind of sticking with the uh, Force or the Fallen Order theme of things, we have Force of Light, uh, Force underscore of underscore light on Instagram with a a great shot of Cal Kestis flanked by two... Um, you know, two clone troopers on the sides. I thought that was an interesting touch yeah, there. Yeah, uh, Force of Light, if you can't tell by the name, Lizzie likes to play with light. And that's exactly what this shot uh, showcases. Yeah, I mean, and that's one of the primary... If you've played Fallen Order, then you know that one of the, you know, the primary things that you do in this game is you're going along and you can find... They're called echoes force echoes and and cal has the ability to kind of read these so he can interact with these things and he can see like oh this this pot was used by a you know uh you know a a native while they were trying to save their family or something like that so um incorporating that whole force echo um story device into this shot on on ig really kind of made it pop for me and um force of light just kind of executed it perfectly i mean not only did she did she capture that that force echo thing, but also using the light to illuminate the whole scene, lighting up the the, the troopers in the background. Um, I thought it was a really yeah, nice. Yeah, I mean it's it's really it is a a perfect recreation of those pickups because they are they're kind of mm-hmm. like these sparkly sources of light that you know it's like Cal vapes them into his system. <laughs> and then lets the force essentially tell him what that memory was. And, and that's why you could argue the clone troopers are there. I mean, Cal could be reliving a force memory of theirs. And, and Lizzie, a.k.a. Force of Light, just came and kind of showed us in a, in a visual form what that would look like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a perfect, yeah, it's a perfect explanation there. So I really liked it. I mean, I've been, you know, playing Fallen Order pretty heavily, which is why we got two Fallen Order um, you know, pictures in the top five this week, but again, like these are well executed, well thought out shots by all of the artists here. So fantastic job there by force of light. So moving on to our final top five, and this is a returning top five member. Mr. Green is yellow, bringing out the Rampo yep. with just a, a visa. Like I would never think that, you know, to say this, but this is a visceral C3PO shot. Like, He's fucking got yeah. I mean, troopers this laying at his feet. Green is yellow has perfected the Rampo pose to where it honestly looks like he's probably using his his arm and four or an upper arm as a vice grip, you know, with his gears just squishing the guy's neck because <laughs> yep. he is a robot. Uh, he just he doesn't look like C three PO. He looks like a fucking a murder bot. Yeah, That's hard does. to do looks- with these motherfuckers because they are bots. They don't really bend well. But Green is Yellow got this dude to look like he is lethally choking out a First Order trooper while one one arm holding a bowcaster blasting fools. Yeah, and, I mean, just the little details in this make it great. I mean, like you mentioned, this 
you can see the grip that he has with the with his hand on the neck, the red eyes, so you know that this is, you know, post whatever happens to, to C3PO and Tross. And just, you know, the, the, the litany of bodies that are that are at his oh, feet. Yeah. I mean, it's really cool. And then the original caption that he's got on here, bring me Kylo. It's fucking fantastic. <laughs> so I just <laughs> You know, I, yeah, I really let do. the bodies hit the floor, and that's exactly what <laughs> Rampo's doing here. Uh, I mean, one, one of the best, one of the best Rampo's to date. Yeah, so I, I really enjoyed this. Green is yellow, all one word on Instagram. I just thought it was a super fun shot, um, and it, it allowed me, you know, force of light and green is yellow allowed me to put some bucket heads back in there the top go. five because last week we didn't have he was any. going so into withdrawals go. <laughs> i saw him shaking in the corner in the to, fetal position i had to get him back i had to get him back in there but that that's it that's that's all that's the top it. five for this week you so. know what it's it's almost perfect timing to lead me or my alter ego at haywood pop into tonight's toy pops three photo sharing session Woo! Yay! I'll get some likes on my pictures. Yay! <laughs> all right, my friends. So hopefully you enjoyed our uh, discussions today on all things Star Wars. And if you did, make sure to get your happy asses over to StarWarsTime.net. Why, you may ask? Well, if you're new, that's where you can easily find all the platforms you can subscribe to our podcast. I mean, I'm talking TuneIn, Android, Stitcher. If you want to buy email, we can give it to you by email. If you want to buy RSS feed, we can do that too. So you can get all those details on StarWarsTime.net, which is also where you can find our other social platforms, but in particular, YouTube. That's right. We keep YouTube nice and updated. Weekly at that, multiple videos, resistance, Mando, speculations on trust. You never know what you're going to get. So, sub up, share it away, like something, and do a little dance, right? There's always time for Star Wars time. You got to help your bros out. The best way to do that is to sub, like, rate, review, rinse, and repeat, and then pass it on to a friend. Remember, it's like giving them STDs, but they're cool, right? SWTs instead of STDs. You guys get the picture. There's always time for Star Wars time, and we're not kidding. And remember, if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show podcast, the Force will be with you always. Oh.